Dive time. We're back. We are back. And we're a day late. Day late, but you know, when Apologies. one of us yeah, one of us travels interstate which one of us often do. We're often um, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Time, so we're back. We're for, back. Um, preview of round 11 and a review of round 10 that's time it time is flying by we're going to dive into round 10 so thanks very much for listening guys really appreciate it quick shout out to our mates at hopster home we've got a new pack on the way we got an email yesterday so there's some fresh new beer coming to your door so hopster home if you don't know and this is the first time you're listening to the podcast is a craft beer delivery service so there's a lot of craft beer out there you're busy you're working you got a lot of stuff on the boil Hopster Home's the best solution. They'll send craft beer to your door and it's it's pretty solid. Absolutely, especially if you're just getting into craft beer and you don't know what to choose. You get a sample pack of um, different styles and introduced to things you might not know of. Exactly, and even if you're into it, it's a nice mix. They've got a couple of bigger breweries and smaller breweries, so definitely check them out, hopsterhome.com.au. Really, really um, worth checking them out. So, round 10. Feels like years ago. First game, Collingwood Dogs, 90 to 55, Magpies by 35 points. Did you see this game? So you, I saw you were away year. a lot. So I was away for the whole weekend. I had to duck up to Sydney for a wedding and a couple of uh, work appointments, which was, was good, but obviously makes it a bit harder, a bit more challenging to see all of the, the games. And I only caught the tail end of this game. So I'll, um, I'll let you... Do, the, do, the do, most of, do most of it, but um, look, not surprising that the end result, although uh, at halftime it could have gone either way. Well, we tipped the pies, but mm. I don't think we gave a margin, but we set around, for memory, around 20-odd points, so it wasn't too far off that. I watched this end-to-end, so I had a pretty normal weekend. I watched quite a bit of football live. I saw four games live, um, and then I watched a couple on replay, so I've seen pretty much most of the round. Look, it was an interesting game. I mean, it was it was as we said the the dogs. You know, my real prediction with this game was the dogs would really run out of legs definitely by the third quarter um, yeah. after that really tough game in in Adelaide the week before. It was wet conditions. There was record amount of tackles. I forget the exact number, but it was you know two hundred plus tackles between the two teams. It was you know such an intense game, and it's going to take a lot out of a young side. So I really thought definitely by the third quarter they're going to you know, definitely run out of that run, so to speak. And it was not just the third quarter, it was the first half. So the, yeah. the Dogs basically played a half, which you know we'll look at it from the two angles. But overall, I, I, look, I enjoyed the game. Obviously, the second half wasn't great because really only one team. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, the, the, the score at halftime, 5-3 to 8-3. And then the final score, 13-12 to 8-7. Yeah. So the Dogs didn't score a goal from half-time, which is, which is never obviously it's great not to good, see. Yeah, not good at all. And what's interesting is um, how Collingwood all of a sudden have been able to unearth a number of very good, young, inexperienced players that just are looking good, very good at AFL level from... Already. Well, yeah, like straight off the bat. I mean, we've... Touched on, and as everyone knows, Collingwood's injury curse, woes, whatever you want to call it, are quite deep and to some prominent players. But they've got some unbelievably good players. Yeah. I think there's going to be a number of them in All-Australian discussion come the end of the year, especially, uh, obviously, Grundy's the informed ruckman of the competition. I don't think anyone's doubting that. No. Trelaw, the midfield's starting to gel really, really well. But he's less-known players. Phillips? So yeah. Tom Phillips, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, um, that, the, the, he was someone I was going to mention in relation to what you're talking about. I mean, so 16.9 Ks, he ran for the game. So yep. he was wow. n- number one That's for the game. game. He, he was fantastic. I mean, yeah, as you say, look, it's starting to to not matter about a number of the injuries that they've got. And, and look, for me, Grundy's probably the, the ruck pick. I mean, Gorn's very, very good. Nick Nat, I think, you know, definitely contributes as well. There's a number, at the moment, as we've spoken about, there's a number of very good ruckmen in the game. But for me, if I'm picking a team, I'd probably pick Grundy. His effort around the ground is excellent. Um, he can, you know, compete against basically everybody, and he pretty much yeah. becomes a second midfielder. Yeah, that's why I would pick him um, as well. He just adds a bit more flexibility than some of those other. And he rucks. supports defensively really, really well as well. So I know there's that whole, you know, Cyril Rioli type factor with Nick Nat, um, and I, I think one of the, you know, sections of the game that Gorn probably has a little bit over Grundy. I think Gorn's ability to hit 360 degrees is excellent. Yeah, he's a better um, tap ruckman. He's outstanding. Like, mm. he can basically knock it down the throat of anyone. But um, anyway, going back to this game, game. Yeah, look, I think the, the, the kids were... The kids are really good. I mean, Stevenson, again, you know, that he's just class. Um, I thought Howe was really good in defence. I mean... They've really, really turned around a number of these lost players, like your Lyndon Dunn's. You know, I, I was saying to um, my mate that I watched the game with afterwards that it, it's you know there's there's quite a few people from a lot of clubs now on this list, and I thought you know they've got they've got Howe from Melbourne, they've got Dunn from from Melbourne, they've got all these different players from Cash all over Main the show. Got Cash Main, he, I've got some negative notes about Cash Main, <laughs> but aside from that, generally speaking, a lot of their recruits are actually going okay. I mean, Varco obviously got the hamstring during the game. Trelaw, without a doubt, he's he's been um, he's been exceptional, but. Yeah, look, I, it was a really, really good game from the Pies' perspective. They did what they had to do. They just got over 50%, uh, 13 to 12 with the final score. So we'll start with the Pies. We've spoken a little bit about the Pies, but we'll go a little bit further in. I mean, for me, watching it from end to end, and, and I, I didn't really look at my phone too much. It was one of those games where I thought, look, I'm just going to watch this game and not going to dive too heavily into the stats. And... and- Took a few that, notes. I was going to say, you've got that many notes. I'm reading... Sorry, guys. It's hard to... No, um, it doesn't translate to audio. But it's a whole page. <laughs> I literally, an A4 well, page. Well, there was a lot, there was was a lot of really interesting... Game, yeah. I, 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 this is the thing. You know, like I saw on Twitter, um, Quartermain and, you know, a few other people saying, what a, what a horrid round and, you know, terrible games, terrible, terrible. And, you know, people... I, I, I don't know. I, I enjoy football. I'm enjoying the football at the moment. Yes, some of the styles that some teams are playing at the moment aren't, you know, necessarily as good as some others but in the past or, or I'm sure we'll see in the future. But Absolutely, but that, isn't that the more game's ref- gonna change. Isn't that more reflective of the constant changes to interpretations and rule changes year in, year out? The guy the players just and the coaches just can't get any continuity in game plan because not only well, it used to be year to year to go to make um, changes, now it's week to week because the interpretation of the changes rules of the so game much, changes yeah. so much that I mean, you see footages of players going to bump each other and pulling out because they don't know if they're allowed to bump or or, or not, which I, I obviously is not ideal for a viewer, especially on TV. It's a bit different live um, at the ground. Mm. But yeah, I, I think commentators, and we've been guilty of it a couple mm. of times this year, if not a few more times, of being a bit harsh on how the game's being played. But oh, we've over, been pretty fair, though. Yeah, not, not as, as critical, because we love the game, and we just say, well, it is what it I is. I like and, the game. Yeah, I, I've got no problems with the way it's been Sorry, played. Sorry, but I, I enjoyed but, it. I've, I've enjoyed most of the games. There's been yeah. a handful. Even, even a few weeks ago with those blowouts, 
I still liked that style of game, even though they were 80, 60, 100 point wins. Yeah. It's just the way it is. I don't know. Maybe I appreciate some things that some people don't as much. I don't know. But, I mean, yeah, in, term, in terms of pies, you know, I, the, the depth is there, as we've spoken mm. about. But the other thing, too, is there's a lot of key aspects to their game I was really impressed with. So the, the big thing for me was pies, their ability to switch within a game is, is so much better. So the dogs actually had quite a fast start. The dogs actually started quite well. And going into quarter time... I think Collingwood, you know, they, they had a bit of a harsh talk and it, it, they came out and they looked a lot better and throughout the game they just performed better and better. Their ability to change in-game has significantly improved oh, over agree. last year by, by a long way. Yeah, and that's uh, going back to what we were talking about probably six, eight weeks ago about Collingwood believing and trusting the system that Bucks is putting in place. Because they've got so much belief in it, they can turn and switch... Uh, regardless of where they are yeah. in, in the game, whether it be behind at quarter time or in front at half time, but uh, losing momentum, they know that they can just uh, adapt the game plan accordingly to get the best out of each mm. other. And, and then they feel very comfortable with each other at the moment too. That's it. And, and comfortable is, well, we, yeah, you can definitely talk more about that. I mean, they, they look like they trust each other. They look mm. like they're... There's, they're aware of the game plan. And I think they're just getting better at reading other teams. I just think that the, the group overall... So the dogs came out and they were you know, wanting to use the corridor. They were playing really fast. They were Their kick-to-handball ratio was significantly better. That was the thing they really got wrong last week against Adelaide. Uh, early on, they definitely got that a lot better. But that said, I mean, the, you know, there was a, a, a such a strong ability from Collingwood to, to read it and the dogs weren't able to play the game on on their terms and it, it just completely switched around and then they started to fumble as a result but look i i thought it was from the the pie side quite a good game i mean there's some negatives out i mean obviously the hamstring for varco is not ideal looks like he's definitely going to be out for next week which is not great uh cox you know ended up getting fined but could easily have gotten suspended for that Johannesson mm. and with the mro at the moment you never just never know what they're going to deal up um, and it's just too risky to do something like that. He could have got a neck injury as well. But um, the dogs were... Look, the, the game was quite accurate too, which I wasn't really, really impressed with as well. I think there's a number of teams at the moment that, you know, St Kilda are basically where they are for almost entirely... I know you can't just put it down to goal kicking because there are other deficiencies in their game we've talked about. But it's a major But deficiency. it's an enormous part of their game and, and the <laughs> pies were really accurate and so were the dogs. So early on... You know, Collingwood just weren't seeing their options as well. I think that contributed to the dogs' fast start. There was a couple of times where they'd see it, there was a free play, and we can see a lot more on the TV. But it's you know when you're at ground level, obviously I'm not you know wanting to be too critical. But there was a couple of times where they just missed a couple of better options. But generally speaking, I thought Collingwood were good. They did what they had to do. They nullified the game plan relatively quickly from the dogs, and but they clearly Collingwood benefited from you know, a, a quite an exhausted Western Bulldogs. You know, I, I said before this game last week that, you know, Collingwood played it he had the week before, uh, no travel, and, and then the Dogs had to go to, to Adelaide in a tough, tough match. match. Yep. So the, I don't think this was ever going to have too much of a, of a difference. But, you know, the, Collingwood were down, you know, 20-odd points and they ended up winning by nearly 30. So there was a pretty decent 50-point turnaround in terms of the negative to the plus, so. and, I, and I, I still, I'm still very concerned about the dogs' um, overall sight, body size. I think they are quite a yeah. small, 
Um, and they're elite runners and they're fast and whatnot, but because of the way the game tends to be played these days, unless you can open up teams, and I don't think they've got enough class on the outside to open up teams like they'd like to, their lack of height and big-bodied uh, players is going to find them out more times than not against some of these teams that are pushing towards uh, a potential finals. But in Collingwood, have definitely got a good balance. They've got some great runners, some youth, as we've discussed. Yeah. And then they've got those um, seasoned uh, heads, like your Grundy's, your Pendlebury's. Uh, I would say Trelaw's been around long enough now to, to be no, put no, in there. Yeah. And then you add someone like Wells when he when he's not being rested. They're, they're looking really, really good. So yeah. I think it's I think come the end of the year, the Doggies will start to look for some fairly big bodies to, to help uh, with some of that speed. That I think, you, yeah, you've definitely hit the nail. Um the only other thing, just briefly before we go on to, to the dogs a bit more, because we've spoken a lot about the pies, mm. I, I also thought some of the behavioural things early on from the pies, they were just giving away some free kicks and, and just not you know, maturing through the game you know, the way you'd want to see. But they, they were a lot better once the game got going. So you know, pretty, pretty decent ticks, I, I thought, for Collingwood on the night. But in terms of the dogs, let's swing to them. I mean... McRae didn't have he had 30 possessions you know it's not like he was terrible but the you know in terms of the impact he had on the game I, I don't think he impacted the game anywhere near as much as he had in, in the past. past yeah um I thought McLean was pretty good I thought Suckling was was good um I was impressed with Hunter's game as well I really like Richard's game he got the rising star which is which is good to see he's a quality player that we've um We've given a bit of time to already. Yep. Yeah, look, it's going to take Ruffett a little bit of time to get back into the game. He kicked two goals, but, you know, his ability around the ground was was slow at times. You know, he looked a little bit lethargic, which, you know, it's fair enough. He's um, only just coming back into it. And look, that they really did run out of legs as a team was his by the first end of the game. game. First AFL senior uh, game I for the year. Wasn't so, all, yeah. maybe second. He hasn't played a lot of no, AFL well, football. Rega- yeah, yeah, either way, he's played not much football. I thought Bontempelli was fairly beaten in the centre. But yeah, look, I mean, I'm not. Neither of us think the dogs are a genuine chance for the eight. Not I anymore. Think, not, anymore not anymore. But no. even before this game, I think we both thought, look, they're probably on the fringes and they could maybe sneak it, but it's not looking likely. No, they need. Um, that their first, run is not great either. Yeah, that first month of the it year them, that, yeah. that hurt them way too much, and they it, being being behind the eight ball now and how tight and clustered that. Bottom half Packers, of the eight is yeah. going to be. I, yeah, I can't see them. I can see them testing sides and putting putting sides under a lot of pressure because they're not likely to. Well, they're not going to tank from here anyway. But they're no, not gonna, no. They, they, they're going to obviously look at it and say, well, there's a massive chance to play finals. Still, yeah. still a lot. Well, of mathematically, the they're still there's oh, still a chance. Time. Without I a just, doubt, I'm just yeah, gut feel and, and how it's not looking like it. No, not likely. I'm Given not gonna, these young bodies aren't able to back it up and. You know, they barely got over the Suns in, in Ballarat. I mean, and yeah. they're clearly not a top not, side. Not a top side. And even if they were there, then far and away off the pace for really pushing for No, exactly, yeah. So. Their next month is pretty interesting. So yeah. we'll start looking at this a little bit more because we probably won't go into the game from the dog's perspective too much more. Mainly because I, I just think they, they actually were good early, but they, they were just physically, I think, quite exhausted given what they'd done the prior week. Um, so yeah, we next, didn't really learn much more. About... I don't think we learned too much more. I think that's that's the best way to look at it. Is that you know I, I thought the elements of their game worked, elements didn't, but I, so much of that down was to fatigue to yeah. me. 
So next week they've got Melbourne, which is a massive game at Etihad Stadium, yeah, which is is winnable. But I I I think Melbourne, the way they're going, are definitely going to win that game. Um, then they've got the bye in round twelve, and then they've got a massive game on Thursday night against Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval against yes, yeah, so um, really pretty decent side. Game, yeah. And Port are going to want to really rebound, and they'll want to win every game at home, given the um, given where they are. On the well, they've dropped a, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they've dropped a few, and they'll 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 want to bank that. Um, and then the following week, they've um, got North Melbourne, at which Eddie is a winnable game in Etihad. But I mean, that's, what, that's yeah. not easy game either. So they actually haven't got any easy games. No, and then they've got the Cats on Friday night the following week at Eddie Had as well. So they've got a bit at Eddie Had, which might you know help them. And they've got Hawthorne the following week too. So we won't go too much further forward. But look, it'll be. We, I know you people always say this, but we are going to learn a lot in the next month. Um, in terms of how they're going to go. But I think they'll probably only win two out of those five games, maybe three. Um, but that's a stretch. And I think even if they win that's three... That's a stretch, yeah. That's, even if you want to stretch it out to really be optimistic, that's still going to make it tough. But look, people forget, you know, there's all this criticism that's come on the dogs post that grand final win. And, and so there should be to a degree. But I think people are forgetting, you know, the amount of outs they've had out of that team and how much of an influence your Bob Murphys and, you know, some of these outstanding players that have had on that club for no longer there. so long. And it, it's, it's they're, they, their kids are better than the St Kilda kids, but I think they're really only a step above that, which is still just below the eight. Yeah. And by that, I mean that, yeah, they, like, you know, you look, as we spoke before, you know, there, there's some, you know, Richards and there's some quality kids in this group. Um, you know, we like English's game. There's there's some really decent Absolutely. kids there, but it's going to take time. Um, and I think Beveridge knows that. I think the club knows that, and they're going for another rebound. And I think you know they they won't be public about this. And I can understand why you wouldn't, because when you do, you know, you you're basically in the death knell. But because whenever you say, is is it's oh, like yeah, the you know Saints said they're going to make top four in by twenty. 19 or whatever, that looks very unlikely. Likely. But I think the dogs are probably shooting for a 2021-ish 20, sort of yeah. window, and those players will be at a perfect spot. Exactly right. And if you go back to that grand final team, I'm just going to mention four players. Boyd, or Murphy, Murphy, Liberatore, and Morris Stringer. as well. Oh, Morris, yeah, five. And Stringer. Yeah. I mean, none of them... Well, none of them are playing... And Boyd's been really Boyd. out of form. He's only just well, come back. Well, back from injury. Libba's... Gone. There's Two a lot of players gone. So, they, but those five players back into that team, yeah. all of a sudden they looking down. Body strong. Been out of form as well. He wasn't yeah. the player he you was. Can't, you so. can't can't look at what they did two years ago and expect them to be similar. Yeah, they, it was a fall from grace and probably an unexpected fall from grace. Uh, unfortunately, some, sometimes that happens with the flag. Though. Absolutely, it does. Yeah, I'm you can't, I, I know it all too well. And I think that well, not as much because you're a Hawthorne fan, but mainly that in that these dynasties, I think people need to remember are they very hard are. to build. Yeah, very few and far like between. Like what Brisbane had as that team is is unbelievable. What they were able to do, like that, is not something that's going to happen all the time. And yeah. I know we just had two, and you can argue three with Geelong as well. But even if you just want to take Hawthorne and Brisbane winning the three in a row, that is not something that's going to happen all the time. No. And the system is... I know you're going to have occasionally some you know, massive dynasties, but I just don't think that that's going to happen. And the Dogs had a passage where they played really 10 weeks of incredible football. Yeah. And, and 100% hats off. And you know that was an incredible flag, and I loved watching that game Whereas... and watching that final series. But... I, I, you know, there were a lot of players that, that that were at that back end as well. You know, it wasn't you know like 
Hawthorne that were no. all at that peak well, that's when it. they, they were won in, in 2013, they 2014. They were an anomaly. Like, you look at, and it doesn't mean the premiers, but all those teams that have been successful for long periods of time, they've been top two or three teams yeah. throughout the year. The dogs weren't. Yeah. So to expect them to come out and then do it again was pretty high expectation for a team that basically just made finals that year. Yeah. Grit and determination got them through the first two finals. Mm. And then from there, um, obviously, a belief... In, was instilled and they just did what they had to do but yeah uh, I, I've got more confidence in GWS coming out of their funk and I, I, I'll come to GWS when we talk about them later than I do the dogs because you mean in, in the short term wow yeah in the short term yeah maybe I, I, that's an interesting conversation uh, maybe we have that later on. No, definitely. Yeah, I don't want to get into GWS no, no. now. We'll talk about them when we talk but about yeah, that that's, game. So that's, so that's a bit of dog's discussion to sort of substitute going into the game because I, I don't think we learned too much more out of this game. I mean, you know, you can you can argue the reverse the, in, in that the pies, you know, their ability to adjust inside game was fantastic, whereas dogs don't have that. But I think a big part of that, I'm sure the coaching group were all over it. It was more that I, I just don't think the players could translate that on the field. So next game, MCG on the 26th of May, Saturday games. Richmond beats Saints 105-77, to so Richmond by 28 points. Interesting game. Um, not a great game, not a great spectacle. So the you know bigger talking points probably out of this game, the, the Carlisle hit on Rewalt. So he yep. was um, hit pretty early in the game. Yep. Uh, we're recording this Tuesday night at about 7.30 right now. So I just saw before his um, band has been um, it's, it's upheld. So he's, he's going to be serving those two weeks. So the Saints challenged it and it didn't, didn't, didn't work. Didn't so work. he's out for two weeks. Um, that kind of threw Richmond's lineup, and and they had to adjust and they got caddy. And they got caddy. They got caddy to just yeah. come around and dominate. And, again, and, so. and look, I've... I've been a long-term fan of Caddy, even when he was when he was. We really liked him. Yeah, yeah, I've always liked his way he's gone about well. playing the Suns. Um, would have been probably up there with um, Ablett and O'Meara's uh, three of the better players at the Suns at that time. And yeah, showed a lot see, of Geelong. Yeah, showed a lot of Geelong, and he's um, he's in that uh, Robbie Gray mold for me. Not as explosive, and probably not as big a game Probably changer. end of the year if he keeps doing this. But I agree with what Jimmy Bartel said. Don't. Let him have a run in the midfield every now and again, but I think he's most dangerous on that half forward or forward pocket. He can take an overhead mark like um, Dusty can. He's uh, and five. They're very powerful. Yeah, and he's such a good shot, set shot on goal. I just I just love the way he goes about it. He's got a bravado and not an arrogance to him, but he's very very confident in his abilities. And I I just liked the fact that Richmond can, uh, can go mate go forward. All right, I will, well, and kick a swag. He he wanted more midfield time at Geelong, and I think the big problem was they had a ridiculous midfield at the time, and he got squeezed out a little bit with salary cap pressure with Dangerfield coming into yep. the club. I think that's almost public knowledge, surely. But that said, you know, I, I, I like the fact that he's, you know, just conformed to what the team needs, and mm. they needed him to go forward with um, Jack out, and, and look, it worked. If you didn't see this game, it was quite a close game, so quarter time, 3-3 three, three to 2 flat to St Kilda, uh, Richmond ahead still only just those six four to four three, and then at three quarter time ten nine to nine five. Mm. So Saints kicking better more than fifty percent, which is fantastic. Yeah, they're on the great end. to see. And we will get into we always start with the winner, but we will get into St Kilda um, and then the final score fifteen fifteen. So Richmond a little bit inaccurate in the end, just on fifty, and then twelve five. So some really positive signs from the Saints. 
Very frustrating, obviously, as a St Kilda supporter because they were, you know, quiet in this game and, you know, they could have could have um, stolen it a couple of times. So Yeah, at least they were at least they're starting to show some endeavour, exactly. some attack on the ball, yeah. some pressure on the ball handler when they haven't got possession, which is, at the end of the day, if you haven't got a, a, a team or a game plan that's going to win you games of football on a regular basis, effort is all you have to show. Go back to the simple things. You say it here at time and time again, not just from us, from other commentators. I'm sure the coaches say it. And that's what the fans just want to see because they'll turn they'll turn up to the game. Most um, AFL supporters are, are super passionate about the team they follow. And the only reason they don't go to games or they don't renew their membership is if their team doesn't look like they're playing for their fans, which mm. ultimately, yes, they get paid as professionals, but ultimately they should be doing it for their fans. That's it. The other thing, so with Richmond, before we um, get on to the Saints, because there's a bit more to talk about mm. with the Saints. Richmond's, I mean, you've got to factor in, and I think this is definitely not panic stations, otherwise we would go further into it, but short break, so six days, they're in the West, they played a really good team against West Coast um, in, in the warm, warm as well. So I don't think there's too much to read into this. There's no doubt Richmond were lucky to some degree to get out of this game uh, so they only had five uh, players score a goal or more. So they were lucky that Caddy got a bag because mm. they, they, there was definitely... Um, obviously, there was that Higgins, you know, ridiculous score review that got missed again. Uh, so that's, yeah. that's another whole thing. But Higgins... So Higgins scored two points, so he should have been 1-1, one, one, but whatever. Which, which is very unusual. It's not the Richmond MO, is it? They no. usually have multiple players kicking two or three goals, or spread at least. And, yeah. Um, yeah, look, but you, as you mentioned... Um, well, we haven't mentioned it, but it was when you Off lose someone. Yeah, yeah, Rewalt obviously holds a lot of structure and straightens that team up. Yeah. So losing him quite early obviously would have affected their initial the game. game plan yeah. and, and obviously took him a little bit He's little bit been time in good to form too. He mm. was one of the few players I thought that stood up really well against West Coast. So, yeah. But look, interesting game. I mean, there's probably not too much to take out of this when it comes to Richmond. The Hawley injury is not great, so it looks like he's out for two to three weeks, so we'll talk about that in the preview. Um, but yeah, I think let's let's swing to the Saints. I don't think there's too much more to talk about. You know, Caddy was was excellent. Cochin, thirty two disposals, one goal too. Like he he's, he's all in the excellent other parts form. of all the other parts of the cog that is Richmond just played typical Richmond football. Yeah. They just weren't doing it with the same poise and the same class that we're used to expecting. I mean no. Rance had a very good game again. Uh, Asprey uh, Oh, Rance was okay, but he was yeah. Well, he's been pretty poor for the right. last he was couple of weeks. So against he was, West Coast. Yeah, so he's starting yeah. to get back into that field. I think a lot of teams have worked out how to play good against Rance and not have him sort of intercept and without play a man. Yeah. Um, so no, go sorry. No, I've forgotten his name. You keep talking. I'll think of the guy's name. Um, the other thing too, you know, all the talks been the caddy bag. So Gresham got six goals as well. So it's funny how if, mm. you know that when teams are down, it doesn't get covered too much. But when teams are up, oh yeah, we'll cover we'll that. Cover that, yeah, exactly. But, you know, someone that does something, really, you know, very impressive. Six goals flat. I mean, you know, the, there's all the talk has been how bad. The Saints are... And they've got a guy that kicks six straight. So. I, I think that uh, there should be a bit more publicity on that. I mm. thought Membry as well got a little bit out of the hole. He kicked two. Yeah, Billings was um, a little bit better. Billings a bit better as well. Kicked his one, but he did a lot around the ground. That was good. Set up a lot of goals. Set like, up a yeah. lot, exactly. He did a lot on the ground. Stephen was excellent. 1-1, one, one, 36 disposals. He was fantastic. Um, and Carl actually had a pretty good game. I was impressed that, you know, when he... Um, had that incident with uh, Fife, you know, you look, I'm not, you know, trying to compare Fife and Carl, I think Fife's clearly a better player, but, you know, Fife, when he uh, hit 
uh, ironically, Carlisle with the you know biscuit at him and the Brownlow rule came in and he got off. Um, definitely affected him. And it how he clearly affected Fife. Well, we watched that oh, game yeah. live. I mean, that clearly affected Fife for 15, 20 minutes. Whereas Carl actually had quite a good game. He, he biscuited um, Rewild early, but in the end, he actually had a pretty decent game. So, McCartan helmet didn't probably do too much. One point, 11 disposals. The helmet didn't really make too much of a difference. Yeah, um, I, 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 yeah. I honestly think the pressure of being the number one pick and then not playing a so lot of curse, football, I think it's actually starting to affect him. Mm. And whether that's a thing that they can overcome by playing him in the reserves for a little while longer just to build some confidence or whether he... A bit of Richmond time, mindfulness or well, something. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 disappointing because obviously um, when you see a young player like that with all, 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 all the world on offer as a top pick and all that type of stuff and not to come to fruition, not because he couldn't play at level yeah. because of outside influences, concussions, whatnot. It's um, disheartening, especially now that his brother is there. I reckon that's going to add a lot more pressure. His brother Possibly, playing Possibly, if he's Sydney. mentally... Um, yeah, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not talking deep mentally. Issues. I'm just no, talking no. just mentally as a, as a professional athlete, not feeling comfortable within your role because oh, if I go too hard again, do I have another knock and actually have a worse influence of my life in general and all that type of no, stuff? No, no, yeah. So, but I think you no, know, you make a good point. I mean, I wonder whether there needs to be some sort of education uh, for you know players in terms of trying to explain that you know James Heard low on the draft, you know Michael Jordan mm. went number three. Yeah. There's, there's a well, lot, lot of um, you know lots of ex- lot of all time unbelievable players so that, that were not there. you know Stevie J was deep in that draft as well. You know, there's a lot of very 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 good players throughout the years that um, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think and that, ironically, he's not the only big power forward. That went number one. No, they're struggling at the time. Yeah. at the moment, there's a pattern. Well, there's others as well. Exactly. Yeah. Did you like that? No, I liked it. No. I did like it. Sorry. No, no. Um, but look, Saints. Anyway, just going back to the yeah. game more specifically. I thought Geary was was a lot better. Savage, I thought, contributed quite a bit throughout the day. Yeah, they were good. Although Jack Steele, seven tackles, he was really consistent as well. Hickey competed well in the ruck too. I mean, they were, they were good. I don't think Nankervis dominated the ruck. You know, there was... Yeah, look, overall, I thought the Saints were better, but I can completely understand, you know, if you're a St. Kilda supporter, you're still this, you'd still be thinking, I, I don't give a shit, you know, better is not good enough. We want to win. Exactly, and, yeah. that, and I completely understand Absolutely. that. I, I had decades of that, so don't, don't you know... Don't get me wrong, I, I, I completely um, understand. But, you know, at one point, you know, St Kilda were 100 possessions to 20. Like, they, they early on, they were completely uh, out-possessing control, Richmond, yeah. which was fantastic. There were passages of play that St Kilda were significantly in control. So they've just got to work on doing that more consistently. Absolutely. And backing themselves in and building that synergy. It and takes they, time, but they'll, it'll, they'll get there. Yeah, at least with that type of um, scenario that we saw in the first quarter especially, at least now the coaching staff and panel can take those snippets and show them to these young players. And young yeah. players can actually and show build them some works. confidence and yeah. what works. That way, then when they go into um, training, they can do simulations like, yep, that, yep. And then, then it just becomes sort of like muscle memory. They know exactly if there's... Um, a defender coming towards them on their non-preferred side, whether they need, whether they need to take a step back or to the side or whatever, they'll break it down. That's what they uh, televisions for 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 um, post-match reviews. No, and whatnot. exactly. Yeah, and that's how they'll learn. So yeah, look, 
there's really good signs, or not really good signs, there's some good signs, I should say, with St Kilda moving forward, that at least you would expect them to be very competitive or competitive week in, week out um, for the remainder of the year. Exactly, yeah. Without, no. without the pressure of trying to make top four, even finals now, they can just play good football and, and build from there for, for the next year or next few years. That's it. I realised I missed my heat check. I forgot. Oh, the last heat game. check from the last game. <laughs> Matthew, oh, we can go back. So, Scharenberg, Matthew Scharenberg from the Pies, 26 disposals, 11 kicks, 15 handballs at 100% efficiency. 26 touches, did you say? 26 at, at 100%. 100%. Wow, So, he was ridiculous on the night. That's in. Yeah, you expect 100% from like a sub 10 possession games, but to have 26 and, and hit targets every time, yeah. That's, yeah, that's pretty special. So, 100, 100 was excellent. But anyway, there's a lot more we could talk about through that game, but we'll mm. keep going. So, Richmond Saints. Probably not too much more to take away, you know, Richmond on a shorter break, as we said, coming back, travelling, in the heat, you know, there's a lot of, lot of things there, you've got to factor those in, I think Richmond are going to be ripe and ready for the dream time next week, I don't think they're going to be um, looking too average, but... No, not at all, I, and that's probably the other reason why this wasn't a big blowout, I think, the, and this is not an arrogant thing, this is no, just no. management of players and knowing what to do during the season before the the pointy end and big games they would have just left a little bit of uh, fuel in the tank for for the following weekend knowing it's a really really big clash against a team that's starting to find some form and back in the day they would have lost this game so it's, it's great to see they had enough to be able <laughs> yeah. to, to, to grab True. a hold of it and just finish it off and, and actually get the four points as, as um, cliche as that sounds yeah, at halftime they would have already been in the corner hotel going now nah, don't don't want to win this. And that's the thing. I think, you know, they, they have won quite a bit. They've only lost the two games. So yep. you do start to drop off a little bit. And there's always that, you know, unless you're, you know, very rare that teams go through the whole year dominating the entire time. Especially back to back. Definitely, exactly. Mm. So, but no, look, good signs from St Kilda. You know, I'd like to see, obviously, a bit more from them. They've got a pretty tough old game next week against West Coast over there. So they'll probably get belted in that game. But yeah, that's um, not ideal. They've got a big chance round 12, I actually think, against. The well, they'll win the bye. No, no. They, so, um, round 12, they've got Sydney at Etihad Stadium. So, obviously, Sydney are a very good side. <laughs> so no, no. Sydney... not going to be easier for them. No, no, no. West Coast no, away no and, then Sydney, and then Sydney at home. Around. I don't doubt it. But I'd like if they could get within 10, 20 points of, of the goals of, of Sydney's form. <laughs> no. no. If they I'm could trying be... to be optimistic. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's not looking great. I, I, no, it's not. No. They, they're, they're probably the two... Teams you don't want to be playing after a really good outing against the, the they got, reigning premiers. Then they got the gold. Uh, oh, so there it is. So in a month's time, they'll win got, a Metricon. They met a Met- Metricon. They probably will too. They'll probably lose yeah. that game. They'll probably beat Sydney and no, lose that one. If they just the they just got to show more endeavour, like they did on the weekend. Tackle pressure, forward pressure, um, and, and just control and just the ball. Yeah, yeah control, sw- switch straight. the way they did. Yeah. Yep. Next game, Brisbane and Sydney Swans up at the Gabba. Brisbane had a real chance here. Oh, so let this one go a little bit. So 49 to 67, Sydney won by 18 points. Anyway, we just talked about um, St Kilda supporters being disappointed. I tell you what, the Brisbane supporters are going to be very disappointed after um, the amount of opportunities they were given or found themselves. They weren't given it. They, they worked hard to get these opportunities. They did. They the, were physical. The last... They took the game on. I mean, we, we, we've... Re- so if you, you listen to this podcast for the first time, we've really rated Brisbane all year. So we're not being hard on them. And when they've won, we've gone 10, 15 minutes heavily into what we really rate about Brisbane and, yeah. and, and you know how impressed we've been with this team. So I, I, I was, and I think this is a sign of respect, I was 
disappointed. In yeah, the, I was. I, I was frustrated. Not not because they they beat my boys last week emphatically and then couldn't smash the team that I like seeing lose, even though I love them, is in Sydney. It was just the amount of ball they had in that last 15 minutes of the game. They literally kept that ball in their forward half. Yeah. They could not put a goal on the scoreboard. It was point or no, it wouldn't yeah. score and... It was just frustrating to watch just from an AFL supporter perspective that this team had... It's like, it's like people who don't get soccer. It's like this dominance think, possession, dominance possession, and yeah. they can't put it in the net, and it's a nil or draw, or they've already conceded too many goals and they can't uh, even up a win. So, um, testament to Sydney. Yeah. Obviously, we talk about the, uh, the winning team... Um, usually first, but yeah. I think there was more to talk about Brisbane. Than I think a Sydney lot more came out. Well, my, well, let's keep doing Brisbane to keep the synergy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think they they were impressive on the day. You know, Dane Beams gave up the the captaincy during the week and uh, handed over to Zorko, and he was yeah. You can mount a pretty strong argument. He was the best on ground. Look, you know, he he was excellent all day. Thirty eight disposals, one one four tackles. Like he was outstanding. Other Berry was really good as well. You know, Christensen, you can argue, had one of his better games. He was pretty excellent last week as well. Mm. You know, so look, I, I, he, I was a little bit disappointed because this was, this was a winnable game. Yep. So if you didn't see this game, this was quite wet conditions as well. So the conditions was, were not, not very good. It was weird. Was, mm. I, it was at... Um, Gabba. At the Gabba. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it looked horrible on the te- television. It looked like it had just been like a monsoon had come through and very slippery and greasy. There was a bit of rain during the day and the night before. So yeah. it was quite a wet ground. And the, I don't think the Gabba drains as well as the G or you know, some of the new no, rivals in Dublin. WA and, and SA, but that said, I mean, you know, they had their chances, and I think Fagan and his team had the right idea, saying to them, "Look, I want you to make this a really physical game. I want you to make them physically pay for it, and really make this into a bit of a scrap." So it wasn't the prettiest game to watch, and that was the right game plan. It, yeah. it absolutely worked. I mean, they only lost by three goals. Yeah, they tried to beat Sydney at Sydney's own, own game, which was smart. I think in. While it might be a bit of short-term pain because they didn't um, ca- uh, capitalise on all the possession, they're going to learn a lot for, as a young team yeah. how to be physical against one of the most physical teams in the competition. And, and that's and the other reason they it. did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they took the Hawthorne method of playing Sydney and that you know what a surprise, Fagan's <laughs> um, ex-Hawthorne. So as an example, you know Dane Beams... Uh, really took out Hanbury. He, you know, smacked him in one of the better, you know, modern bumps that you'll ever see. Obviously, you know, some of the Burton bumps back in the day are, you know, basically murder. <laughs> but in terms of modern bumps that you see, you know, one of the better ones, as an example, you look at Ruffhead in that 2014 Grand Final when he belted Hanbury. That was a game out of the game, yeah. yeah. Game and that, and that happened in this game. You know, Beams really hit him hard, and I don't think he was as effective afterwards. So, but look, not, about, not a bad way signs. to return him to the AFL league. Exactly, yeah, mate. Exactly. Yeah, You've been no. out for a while. This is what it's like. It was a good game, but yeah, it yes, was a really good game. Scrappy, tight scrappy, game, but, but enjoyable. To watch. We enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah I mean, the other thing, big highlight I thought for Brisbane, Darcy Gardner holding Buddy to one goal too is Massive. an enormous tick. I mean, that's they're building a really Still nice. to his mates. Well, they're building a really nice young defence at Brisbane, oh. and they're going to be a, they're going to be a genuinely good side. And I think Brisbane have a lot more upside than Gold Coast, which is a big concern for the oh. AFL, given the amount of money they're throwing at them. And I think they've got a lot more upside than GWS, long-term, because if GWS oh, start losing... Three years' time. If they lose if, if they lose Shield, 
Canelio and a number of these players that are out of contract to GWS. Oh, absolutely. And all of a sudden, right. and all of a sudden, they become an aging list. The mm. GWS, then, then what happened? But yeah, that we'll talk about again. We'll talk about that in more detail later on. Robinson but, was really good as well. And that forward line, obviously, I mean, very young, but Hitwood could. I mean, he could have made a massive statement in that last quarter. Yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't. But I think he's done enough this year, and especially the last fortnight, to show what he's worth and and why they touted him so highly and, and took him um, so high. So, yeah, look, lots of good signs for Brisbane. And I, think, I think so too, yeah. And I think um, what but we were talking... still disappointing. I oh, thought. disappointing, yeah. Because they, they it was a winnable game. Three winnable goals game. is not much. And it was a scrappy affair. Yeah. And they had, as you said, they had options late. Um, Hodge on the scoreboard too. So only 12 disposals and not much in terms of numbers. But he was very good. If you watch the game, he was really, really good on the ground. I think his instructions... He's, had, he's played so many games against Sydney. Yeah, no, so, so much experience. So he knows well. all the players inside out. So he was excellent on the day. And that's probably a big reason why Gardner was so successful against Buddy. I'm sure Hodge gave him some tips and said, look, you know, oh, absolutely. if he does this, you'll want to do this. Or, you know, and look, we, we've spoken about this at some point earlier in the year a couple of times that I, I think a lot of players and defenders give Buddy way too much respect. And even to the point where they'll get confused which leg to cover off. And it's like, well, surely, you know, which, which is his preferred forward. You know, yeah, he's only got one that he can kick with. Exactly. Trust me. Yeah. He might might be a lead kicker, but he's only a lead off one leg. One it's leg. his left for all the players out there. FYI. Kicks on his left. So if you just stand on his left-hand side and make him kick on his right, there's a fair chance it'll go anywhere. And Geelong do that quite well, and so do Hawthorne yeah. through all the better years when they um, had to play against him. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, look, I, look, good good Great effort. signs, but... Uh, I mean, they were almost always going to lose this game, and I don't mean that to be too disparaging... They had a massive win last week. You see statistically so often, and I know stats aren't everything, but in this case, it's, when it's pretty damning. Team, especially when it's a young when team. When a young team has a big win, they're, oh, they're away. You know, Lots of pressure. What it was, just pop 10, a bit of champagne, they get a bit games, excited. Ten games in a row that they hadn't won, yeah. and they finally win one against the team. The release, that, and then, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then... Fall up just a bit short, week, but, and yeah. obviously uh, they. You looked at the players at the end of the game; they were pretty gutted as well. They they knew they, they had a big, big opportunity to to Massive win chance. two in a row against two fairly um, combative teams. Exactly, and two of the better teams of the last decade. But so they'll, they'll learn, as you said, they'll learn a lot from this. And I think next year this game is a massive danger game for Sydney. If everybody keeps together and they get a couple of players in your mills and some of these other players yeah, back, and they of, come up there strong, I don't state care. Of I still or, reckon state of origin type uh, talk. Well, maybe Could not be. that much, but I think, <laughs> but I, but I know what you're saying. It's going to be a lot more competitive. Absolutely, so, Sydney, and then we'll, so we'll, we'll pivot a bit to Sydney. You know they. They were good. You know, Kennedy, 34 disposals, was consistent. Heaney, I thought, was probably the best on ground. Two goals, 20 disposals. You know, Lloyd, I thought, was impressive as well. Hayward did a bit too. Ronk, I thought, was good as well. But Jake Lloyd, he's he has been Mr. Consistent for them. Yeah. He's been so, so good this year. And if I had been a bit more prepared no. flying into state, I haven't got all my notes and whatnot, he, he would have been probably my heat check for the, for the weekend. And just because it's been a... Build up, build up, build up, build up, and he just—he's very consistent. It's probably not his best game for the year, but I think it was just one of those games that he stood up when he needed to just stand up for his team and just uh, be a very a fairly big rock um, in defence there for Sydney. Yeah, but I don't. To be honest, again, it's one of those games I think for Sydney where it—it—they it, did what they had to do. Just that little bit of extra polish got them over the line. 
Uh, you know, McVeigh, I thought, had another excellent game. Parker was really good as well. A lot of their kids stepped up as well. So I don't think there's probably too much to take out of it. It's probably not too much to read into Buddy's, um, you know, one goal, two. I'm sure he'll peak again yeah. at some point. And so whether he's still got night. a couple of issues with that foot, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, exactly right. He's um... Possibly. But... Yeah, look, conditions weren't great as well, so you probably can't read too heavily into Sydney. And he wouldn't um, have played too many games at the Gabba, old buddy, because um, when he was at Hawthorne, we didn't travel up there very often. You played him in Tasmania. Played him in Tassie, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I think it was seven years or seven matches in a row. A long time, yeah. Hawthorne never played at the Gabba, so... The main record this week was uh, it had been 20 years since Carlton had gone down to Geelong to play a game. Wow. But I think you're right, it had been a little while since Sydney had gone up there. But yeah. Um, yeah, look, good game, very scrappy game, but probably not too much more to read in for either of these teams that we'll mention within the review. Um, no, Sydney being a very likeable top eight, maybe top four team, beating a team that's on the up. Sydney, are, 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 they're, in, they're in this up to their ears. They're, you know, they've got Carlton next week, well, this week at, um, you know, they're, they're at a very good time. You know, they're, they're only, yeah, they'll, they'll win that, I'd imagine, by a fair bit. Let's keep moving. So next moving. game, uh, in a, what was not exactly a pretty game either, Geelong versus Carlton at um, Cadenia Park, 73-45. Geelong very, by 28 points. Another very scrappy affair, not a very... I mean, if you weren't a, um, a supporter of either of these teams, or, just or, or very diehard, yeah, yeah. You, you, you would have been hard to get too involved and, and like this game too much. It was... Well, to quote Chris Scott, he literally said it was a horrible game in the press conference. Yeah. So, I don't know whether you saw the conference. No, I missed, but missed the um, press He literally over. said that. Wow. That's... So, this was not a great game. And he's the winning coach. <laughs> he won. And he, he literally <laughs> four said... four points, I wouldn't care. He literally said, yeah. I don't normally look at the game like this because I'm coaching one of the teams, but to supporters, that must have been a horrible game. Mm. I'm I'm pretty sure that was basically what he said. So yeah, I mean, highlight was obviously the young young gun in Paddy Chris who just keeps keeping on and um, holding that that uh, team together. Um, Cripps was good, yeah. Simpson as well. You know, he just keeps on doing what he does. I thought you know Cruiser was okay in the ruck. Um, Petrovsky could have kicked a few. He kicked three points, but yeah, look, Carlton. It's clearly next year for Carlton. Uh, there's no way they're going to make finals, but um, hopefully they learn a bit out of this game. But I, it, look, I don't know how much you can take out of it. As Chris Scott said, we'll just take the four points. I think with that one and yeah, and walk away. Walk away. The worst thing really out of it, and probably the most notable thing out of, it is Radagalia's um, horrible injury. So it turns out it's not the fibia and tibia in terms of the really bad breaks. breaks. So there is a chance that if Geelong do go deep into the season, he could come back. But yeah, it's looking likely round one next year. But if the Cats Massive go into finals, well, you will get into that. I mean, yeah, if the Cats make finals, then yeah, he's a bit of a chance. But yeah. as you say, so if you're not aware, um, Geelong, we went really deep into it last week, so we won't do it too much again. But the, the ruck issues that I think Geelong are, are a massive right. issue and are having a big impact on their engine. Yep. They decided Radagalia is a legitimate ruck. We'll bring him in. Forget Stanley. They have to make a call. They literally have to sit down with those two guys. This is Zach Smith and Reese Stanley and go, boys, who wants it? Who yeah. wants it more? And um, and go from there. Or try and Well, play Smith especially, because Stanley played and he was okay, but it's more that... They, they were really kind of hoping that Radigalia was this piece 
that they'd been wanting for so long. Yep. And it's looking like, well, not looking, well, obviously he's we can't play, have da- We can't have Dangerfield playing in the ruck. Well, like cl- clear, clearly not. And I mean, the, you know, they want to play this two-ruck situation and they, they, they're convinced that Blixarves goes back and I don't think that's the wrong decision. But then at the same time, you take one piece out and it affects another piece. And it's, it's to me, Geelong's midfield is a bit like a Jenga that's been, it's halfway through a game at the moment. If you pull one piece out, I think they're a real danger of, and they've got to have to, no pun intended, of well, that, falling apart. No, exactly. There's no sight of Henderson coming back anytime soon. I think he's still a while away, yeah. Well, they don't even know. They, they're not saying anything. So unless he can come back and play in the defensive role that he was there to play, yeah. or go forward, because we know he can play forward, Blitzstars has to stay where he is. Yeah, it makes and, sense. And um, until that changes, um, they're going to have to either play both Zach Smith and Reece Stanley, like we discussed, and try one in the ruck while one rests in the forward line and, and switch around, or just go with one and go, mate, you've got a month to prove yourself. If not, that's you. You're not playing senior football ever again. Yeah. And then the other one comes in. You go, mate, you are definitely got the rest of the year unless you're that woeful that we have nothing better to do than pulling an 18 or 19-year-old ruckman from the VFL or from the, I don't know, Bowl leagues, yeah. somewhere and, and, and give them a try because it's, it's becoming... It's a becoming class. a massive concern. Yeah, a massive concern, especially if they want to play finals this year, which they would have earmarked and penciled in, not from an arrogant point of view, just with bringing in Ablett and having a good structure and playing finals last year, they would expect that they could consolidate another finals berth this year. Well, in terms of Geelong, so there's there's a few different factors. So offensively, the biggest issue is Menzel, and I don't oh, actually yeah, remember whether I mentioned this on the podcast last week. Somebody, we've been asked about it a couple of times, but... So now it's been reported, and I'd heard this, and I think both of us had heard this, that he's a big chance to be out for the rest of the season, that it's, mm. it's much more serious than they're saying. Um, so that was reported publicly during the week. Again, I don't remember whether I said that or not, but yeah, so now it's already out. Anyway, no, we weren't sure. I think you said, said there was a rumour. I think you said there was a rumour that he may not play for the rest of the year, but you didn't know how um, reliable it was. Yeah. yeah. So that uh, clearly that's offensively something that that's not not helped, and then you know, no, Taylor as well. Not. I mean, no Taylor again too. So they really need Harry Taylor to come in, especially with as you said, without Henderson to come in and assist. Um, but look, Geelong, I think, are a few pieces short to say the least. And I, you know, the, and the big issue too is that obviously the ruck situation that we went really heavily into last week. But then on top of that, this massive three that everybody talks about, this Danger Woodlet. There's two factors. So the first thing is that they haven't worked out where each is... I don't think they've worked out the strengths in the game plan that they have where each piece falls. Agree. But then the other thing too is I would argue that Scott Selwood and Guthrie are a bigger out than either of those. I, I would be happy to have Ablett out and Guthrie and Scott Selwood in. And I, I agree. By almost a long way. And we touched on that. Briefly, well, yeah, we kind of touched on it, not briefly, but uh, a little bit last week that bringing Guthrie in uh, gives him a more flexibility. Scott Selwood obviously um, brings in that defensive pressure, but He's it's but it's, out. but it's those two players. They're not the high profile no, no. players, and this is what we discussed much earlier in the year with GWS. It's a team of high profile, high pick players. Yeah, but where are the grunt workers? Where are the guys that just 
do all the stuff in the background to support them and that's I totally agree with um, that if you bring those two back in I think there's room for all five of them personally um, especially with if there's no Henderson Menzel because then you can start moving and if Ablett works on his defensive group, game and goes forward yeah, he, all that type of yeah, stuff but, but he's yeah, got they need, yeah they need to get, uh, like any team that's got um, key players out through injury to bring them back um, I think they'd just add more structure to their, their their team. But look, yeah, if I had a choice, if I was a coach right now and Guthrie was fit and Ablett was fit, I'd be throwing Guthrie in there first as well. Well, you know, as you know, with with Scott Selwood, it I was I tipped Adelaide to lose. Um, we'll talk about that game soon against um, Melbourne. But when I saw that Paul Seedsman was a laid out, I thought, no, there's absolutely no chance they're going to win this game. Mm. And on top of it, they're going to lose it by away now. And to me, slightly different roles in their teams, but Seedsman is a similar Scott Selwood type, purely in terms of grunt and influence in their side and how integral he is to their game plan, pulling him out. Yeah, and and the coaching staff haven't quite figured out um, successful. I know they ended up winning, but not by a hell of a lot against a team that's that's not great. Um, so yeah, look, there's 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 a lot of pressure on Stewart to really hold that up. I thought he was pretty good. Um, and Tui, Parfoot was good too. Tui as well. There was some good. There were some good signs. You know, Menegola was he kicked that ridiculous goal as well, and then he you know kicked somebody in the head on the ground and was disgusting and didn't get away. He was a bit so un- that's, that's the MRO, hey? MRO, yeah, I can't believe he didn't you get can, away. So, but you couldn't see a Geelong <laughs> like this come up against a team like Melbourne and be within cooey of them. They would absolutely get smashed by a Melbourne right no, now, I think based on that game. Well, exactly, yeah. I mean, if Geelong play like that against any of the current top four, and they're in real strife, mm. but... Anyway. But it's not. It's no day. It's not. Look, not panic stations just no. yet. They've got to just uh, work out some of these deficiencies that they're experiencing. I don't know where that answer in the rut comes from. I don't think anyone does, um, including the coaching staff, which is frustrating the hell out of them. I would say. Yeah. Uh, and with that midfield again, I don't think they've worked out how those three can play who together. Who goes in? Who goes out? And yeah. that's just a result of obviously no Guthrie and and Scott Selwood not being there. Those two. Sort of swing man, but surely the they they rehearsed this to some degree in the off season. You would have thought that they would think about this, especially with Ablett's body. Yeah, that, that it would break away so. at some point. I, I don't know. I mean, he's been disappointing so far this year, and I I don't, I don't I get the argument that you know they've made money from it marketing wise and all that sort of stuff. But we're here to win flags and. You know he's um yeah he's yeah, not is, he, great. is he keeping someone out that could potentially be you there for another a, eight years? Well, you can mount a very strong argument that he is, yeah. And it, it's I get it that, and the other thing too is you know I think some people are a bit confused too. I've seen a few people on Twitter saying, oh, the cats are throwing money away and all that sort of stuff with Ablett. They're not paying him that much. No, he's, he's not okay. a million dollar player. I, I think some people think it's that like he's on a million dollars. That they, it's not at all. He's on about like, five. 50, yeah, I think he's, I like, read. he's like mid tier. My understanding, he's on about five hundred. So, but yeah. anyway, look at it. But that, definitely that, not throwing money at him. No, no. So that that's a whole separate thing. I mean, yeah, look, they've they've got to figure out where they fit, and it was always going to take time. And ironically, the 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 kind of funk that's going on with who goes where and why and how, and figuring this puzzle out of you know Chris Scott and his team in terms of what puzzle pieces go where in terms of how they best win a game you know I, I thought this was going to happen with West Coast yeah and, but it's the reverse, reverse yeah. um, West Coast so, are the Golden State Warriors at the moment at the moment well they look like it whereas you know you look at the other side and the Cats you know they're, they're, they're just 
they're, they're holding it together and they'll beat most teams below them, but that's not going to be yeah, good enough to hold around, a position the in teams the eight. around them, like two or three below and the teams above them, they'll they'll struggle with that type of form and just the game plan, I think, too. Yeah. If they can't find someone to um, really take advantage of the fact that they haven't got a superior ruck or a, a competitive ruck, then that midfield doesn't look good enough to read the ball off the um, hands of an opposition ruckman. Yeah, exactly. While also nullifying the offense of uh, another midfield. And the other thing too is, you know, Danger went forward and, and, and ended up, you know, really helping them win the game. But against, again, no, not trying to disparage Carlton too much, but against a very good side, yep. that's not going to work. No. If you try to do that against a really top team with with a really decent defense, they'll, they'll dominate. And you're not disparaging Carlton. Well, not necessarily not... dominate, but they're going to they're be a lot better. So. And Carlton are on a good side. Um, at the moment, yeah, exactly. I mean, look, the the, the skills I thought were, were were poor from both sides, but I, again, I don't know how much we want to read into it yet. I'm I'm willing to, and we we've tried to do this throughout the year with this podcast, not you know being too reactionary, you know, going too hard. So I think we'll probably leave it at there. Mm. I thought Henry as well for the Cats was quite good too. I thought he was was quite influential. So he's been quite good, at young player. You know, doing his thing, and you know, it'd be interesting to see how his career goes. But he looks like he they found another, another. Really good, I mean, Stephen Wells, he just pulls. He's got a hundred rabbits that he's pulled out of, that, out of that hat. So yeah, it's almost like they've got a, an academy down of, there, of, like, of like, the, like the Sydney, yeah. the Sydney's and the Brisbane's that they can pull from. But nobody knows about this academy except the Geelong people. It's incredible, isn't yeah. it? But and um, it's amazing how they can just keep finding these uh, young guys that are um, really. Uh, competitive. competitive straight off the bat they can just walk in and go yeah I'm ready for AFL yeah um, yeah probably not too much more I think we'll learn a lot about the Cats in the next few weeks but the Cats look, we'll talk a bit more in the preview and um, we'll speak a bit more about Carlton in the preview as well mm. so next game up at Spotless Stadium GWS lost to the Bombrays 60-95 to Essendon won by 35 points what a game. It was a really, really I entertaining game. game. I, I mean, not just because GWS lost. I actually thought it was an enjoyable game to watch. I enjoyed um, it, yeah. I really did. I, we've talked, again, like Brisbane. There's a lot have, to talk about this We game. have talked up Essendon most of the year. We There was a, a few weeks there where you weren't sure of the game plan. You thought they didn't believe in Woosher. And to a point where you convinced me that they did believe it will show. And then the week after, I think it was, or two well, weeks think, after that week. No, we do. I think it honestly Coincided comes down... Coincided with Neil Levin. Well, the Neil, Neil Dow, Essendon win. I mean, the, the, the ludicrous thing yeah, about it is... <laughs> so here's the question. Does it... Is it literally... Is it literally... So the, the if you haven't heard... So the rumour's always been that the, the, the... Look at it in three tiers. So the bottom tiers, you've got all these assistant coaches... And then the next one, you've got Mark Neal, Neal. And we said, why the fuck is he in the middle? And then you've got Woosher, right? So the, the notion is that the bottom tier couldn't get the information clearly to Woosher because of Mark. They did the Telstra um, setup with their... Um, <laughs> internet. With internet. Sort of yeah, style. so like if you, as the paying customer, um, need an issue fixed, you get speak stuffed. to someone and you can't get through to the person you really need to speak to because they've got to... They've got one person that they can speak to, and in that's the middle. it. Yeah, in the middle. And you well, get nothing resolved until you take him out. out of there. I mean, is it literally now that all these assistants are like, oh, Cornelio's good. Tag him. Do you know what I mean? Like, not, <laughs> yeah. not literally that. But is it, is, that. It, is it that it must obscene? Have been. It must have been. I don't know. Well, clearly there's a flurry of information that, or it's a combination, or just this. Also, the other theory is that, that 
all of a sudden, this, the Bombers have completely turned their game plan around. And, and going back to what you were saying a minute ago, just to pause for a second, I think we both said that Essendon's issues were far more fixable than St Kilda's, by oh, a long abso- way. Oh, absolutely. So these were two teams that were both, a lot of people picked for the eight, or bo- certainly bottom end of the eight, or mm. in and around the eight. And there was a while there a couple of weeks ago where it looked quite unlikely that either of them were going to be out of the bottom four, yeah. let alone the bottom, you know, the top end of that, you know. Yeah, we said four. So we turn the um, other way around, flip it around. But that said, it's funny. Like, we we both said the Essendon things were much more fixable. But who knows? I mean, And ironically, before this even came out, and and I'll go back and listen to a previous podcast, we both really believed that there was something in the... Admin at Essendon that was affecting their playing. We definitely you know, did yeah. say that. So it's really, I mean, it's fascinating. As a, as a Hawthorne supporter, I'm very few and far between that would say I love seeing Essendon <laughs> actually play like this. It's good. They're a very enjoyable team to watch. Mm, They've got they some good. great pace, um, some bit of flair there, and um, and they beat up. GWS. No, early no Danaher. It doesn't seem to matter. No, and how do they fit him in? Well, the other thing, just before we get into the game, was... And is, and is, is it Ambrose or Fantastic? There's another... But, no, yeah, we'll go into him. But yeah. the other thing, too, is, is it purely just that somebody got to kick up the ass so heavily and people just thought, shit. So apparently the Essendon players found out only an hour before that Mark was sacked. So they maybe it was like, holy shit, we better not be garbage anymore. We better actually yeah, maybe. turn it around. But I know that sounds... It That's seems ridiculous. Very 70s um, AFL there. It seems, doesn't it? It seems very old world. But anyway... Oh, well, that's Woosher, isn't it? That's true. <laughs> we'll get into the game. But look, we'll start with Essendon. They won the game. I thought Essendon were fantastic. The Bagley forward really threw GWS as well. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of elements that is, we could we could really go heavily into this game. We won't go, we'll go into it a fair bit. We won't go too long. I thought Zaharakis was outstanding throughout the game. Yeah, there, there's the, a lot to take out of this the game. Best McGrath four, was excellent. Yeah, their best four or five, uh, half a dozen players have been sort of pretty good even when they've been losing games over the last few weeks. They've just elevated and they've brought the other guys up with them. They've um, led by Heppel and Zaharakis. They've been the Zaka two... Zaharakis was a joke. Yeah, they've just been... The two consistent cogs in that team all year. Yeah. Um. A lot of I hear a lot of Essendon supporters bag, um. Heppel. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, no. Yeah. He just because his team's not winning doesn't mean it's because of him. He's been very. He's all Australian for me at the moment on the bench, not in the starting lineup because he's a midfielder and there's a million midfielders. But yeah, yeah. Super good. Bell Chambers is coming back to his. Bell really was good. Good form yeah. from a few years ago. With Smash where, Lob, which we'll get into when we get to GWS. Yeah, they just they and yeah, like you said, you bring in uh, their two bookends. Jeez. Well, um, if they can get them right, I mean, it's it, it it was an amazing game. I mean, I you look at Merritt as well was so much better this week too. Smith was was fantastic, yep. you know. Well, because the rest well, Devin of Smith is exactly what GWS need, and that's the irony of these trades. They, they didn't have the depth I, that they thought they did, and some of these trades, you know, I think they needed to try to offer a bit more. But who and knows? And now that that's more of Essendon's midfielder um, having a crack and, and playing their part, Devin Smith actually looks so much more devastating now. Well, he's leading the he's leading the league in tackles. Yeah. So another thirteen tackles, which is just completely what do you have about twenty odd disposals. Uh, twenty one disposals, yeah. thirteen tackles, one goal. Disgusting. So yeah, he was outstanding. I thought Goddard. I've written in my notes. Goddard has a place, and that's something three weeks ago we said 
is he need to retire? Well, well that's like, it. Everyone was saying so he was cool. the reason why none of the rest of the team wanted to play. I didn't say and, that. But no, no, were, other people were. Other people were saying that. I think that's a, that was a childish way of looking at it. That's one very small window. And big scapegoat. Very God, big. I mean, he's been that type of player If you look at it laterally, that's not, that was no. not their big problem. Absolutely not. I never thought he was. No, either. not you. But I, no, no, I know we didn't. But yeah, we, we definitely didn't say that. But look... Great game from Essendon. Again, you know, it was, as we said last week, everything that was poor about them the previous weeks, they've completely turned around. So the tackle pressure was yep. there. They took the game on. They used the ground really well. They attacked in different positions. They used really nice variety as well. There's, Fantasia lifted. You know, they, you know, they look great. For me, there's a bit of uh, Sydney of last year about Essendon at the moment. Well, I asked you the are... question... Can they do yep. a Sydney of last year? I'm starting to think that it could be on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I, I think, still think they're just going to miss. I, I went through their fixture. Harder we'll talk about year. it in the preview. Yeah, it's going to be harder this year compared to Sydney last year. because Their run is not great. So I've looked ahead mm. right to the end of the year. Yeah, it's tough With Essendon, and even being optimistic, I've got them at 13 wins, which may get you in. It usually does. But they might be at twelve wins, which means they probably miss out. But we'll we'll talk about that a bit more in the in the Absolutely, preview. Yeah, look, little... there is good a chance of playing finals as anyone. They look great. That are not in the current crazily. Club eight. They yeah. look good. They yeah. look really, really good. And they're playing a brand of football that's not too. I'm not. I'm not saying they're playing like West Coast, but it's not too dissimilar to West Coast. Well, it's diversity. I yeah. mean, look. So they got. They can spread teams apart. Their defense is very strong. They get Danaher back after the bye. That not that they need him at the moment. That's the thing. But like he, if he can slot in there and kick a couple of goals here and now and again, and then help in the ruck. Gee. So ten goal scorers, string of three yep. goals too. So he finally really started to pay a bit more dividends. We've said that he hasn't. So there's been people really hanging shit on him. He's had a couple of bad games. It's not like he's been horrific. We've repeatedly said that he's been okay. Um, but three goals too is really good, and a couple of those he could have kicked. But look, look, really, really impressive game from Essendon. They completely, as we said, completely turned around all the deficiencies that they had. There looks like, and the major thing that we said. The damning thing that we kept saying was that the synergy offensively was broken, and it looks it looks fixed now. Yeah. And these midfielders, Collingwood style, are contributing on the scoreboard, funny and you, that's making it's a massive funny you difference. mentioned Collingwood because they're just about a month behind where Collingwood were. Correct. So they just all of a sudden everything's clicked into gear and went, ah, oh, that's how we're meant to play footy. Yeah. Yep, I'm skillful, and they just go about their business. And well, they backed themselves in. I thought yeah. Saad was a lot better as well. It's Lots trust. Of... It's just it's backing yourself in. Trust. It's it. That's what builds that synergy. Yeah. There's no team that has quality synergy throughout their structures without the trust. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's clearly there now. Like Zaharakis has not been poor, but he saw you saw him during the game. What I watched him a couple of times. Again, I watched this game not really looking at the stats so much. And in this game, he was looking at his peers on his side, and he lifted. Like, he yeah. just thought, oh, great, now I don't have to carry this massive concrete. I don't have to you run know, the ball for 20 or 30 minutes. Breaks up a, up a wait hill. Wait my mate Heppel comes up near me, so exactly. I get to him, because I've got other players I can uh, offload onto. Absolutely. Now, yeah. He was really, really good. But um, we better pivot a little bit into GWS, and I want to talk a bit more overall game stats in this one. We haven't okay. gone through the game stats as much through some of the other games, but there's a couple of interesting ones out of this. So GWS, can they make finals, is a legitimate question that I want to talk about at some point. Not necessarily too heavily into this, but it has to be raised. So right here, right now, for me, the only thing that's saying yes to me is math. 
they lose this weekend, which I'll go into in the next episode, if they lose that, too far behind. Mathematically, that's the thing. Next even, week, even though mathematically they they'll still be, but making up, if they they're going to be three potentially three games out of the top eight yeah. if they lose next week or this weekend. So, look again. I'm going to repent myself from that. Not only do they have to get key personnel back, they've got to get two or three in blocks. So they've got to get two or three of those key players back in the next week or two so that they can build synergy and confidence with each other. Because these players have been out not one or two weeks. We're talking multiple weeks. They've got to get their bodies right, conditioning right, um, game plan, all that type of stuff. It's not... A quick fix. Some players can just come back in off the cusp. That's, but they're freaks. And there's fuel for like. I there's Toby, not many of those. Toby no. Green for them. He can come back in and and play his role straight away. That's the type of player he is. So he he. So Liam Cameron said that there's a big chance he's not going to be back before the bye. No, Almost definitely. That's it. They're not going to so. get enough players back in time. I think. And I thought Kelly was good, but not great. So let let's let's dive into JWS. Yeah. So too much reliance on he 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 needs a support team around yeah. him to be his most effective. Toby Green doesn't need anyone. He just needs the ball in front of him and be goal sight. Oh, you can make a big argument he's their best player. He is he's the most influential player, absolutely. Without a doubt. So, look, there, there's something I want to talk about. I want to talk about their ruck. So Who? Exactly. So, mm. Mumford is such a massive out out of this side. And we spoke about this last yep. week off air. I had it on the notes, and it's another one of these notes well, we that mentioned just it at the fell by the wayside. There's so mean, many notes that we just haven't got time to talk about. But, but we did mention the Mumford out at the start We mentioned it in the, the season seasons, review. Yeah. But, but Lob, he, he got owned by Bell Chambers. Mm. And I think that's starting to become a massive issue. But the, the big thing with GWS is... How is Dylan Buckley getting games? Like they, their depth is so stretched. Yeah. To majorly. be fair, that like it is to to the point now where uh, the depth that people said that's why I was confident, crazily tipping Essendon. I mm. thought no, I was. They, I was I thought they're going to do it well. again. Yeah, I was fairly and, confident. Well, there was I was the only person in my whole tipping comp that tipped them, and I, I just think that they they are so stretched. It's not even funny. Yeah, if I was Leon Cameron... And, and there's I, a lot of people out of form. Speaking of Cameron, he looked out too. Oh, no, not Jeremy both Cameron. Both of them. Both of them, yeah. Leon Cameron, I think, needs to take a very different approach of how he coaches this team while he has got so many good players out. He needs to adjust, yeah. Very. This is when you're not writing the season off. You're testing your players' capabilities in different positions. Obviously, there's someone like uh, Jeremy Cameron... He's a forward. You're not going to put him in the back line. That's just stupid. No. Um, but you would may test a, a James Kelly on the half-forward line for most of the game and then run him through the midfield just to see. He's obviously a brilliant kicker, and if he can get his hand on the ball, he could just fill that void of a Toby Green, not to the same degree, but he, he might get those two or three goals, and then that could build some momentum. They're all young. They've all got fairly good running capacities surely between the half backs and half forwards and their midfield contingents they can run enough players through the midfield to be able to start moving players around and just see if they can get something different just change it up a little bit um, confuse the opposition a little bit about where these guys are going to go yeah because the gws for most of this year is predictable because they've got certain players that can only play one position well, so as an example of that, so look at Whitfield. So during the mm. week, I saw a puff piece about him for his 100th game. But I've written in my notes, Whitfield puff piece, are you kidding? And it's mainly that this guy, I mean, are you serious? Like, he is not... Like, people talking... The article was like, oh, ever since that, you know, the the, the whole scandal with Gabby Allen that he had, 
that oh he's really lifted and stuff. Are you joking? You killed? Like, are you How many serious? teams are happy that oh, he decided to stay at GWS and not take take an offer from? He him? is so out of form. I mean, there isn't. That's the thing. It's simultaneous that there, there's a number of players out of form and they're being stretched for depth. So. Mm. I don't know. I, I think we'll, we'll go a little bit further into GWS in the preview because we've got to keep moving yeah, for time. But yeah. I think... Worrying signs. Majorly worrying si- signs. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's getting worse and worse as the, we- as the weeks go on. Well, that, I understand, you know, through the game, you know, half-time, 5-6 GWS to Essendon, 7-3. You know, the three-quarter time, 7-9, 8-8. So they really had their chances. You know, Tomlinson, so there was that 50-metre penalty that went um, to Essendon's way. And really from that point, it, it just did not look like GWS were, were in it anymore and the momentum shifted. They have to be able to be mature enough and to deal with stuff like this. It's like what I was talking about Collingwood before. They dealt with, okay, we stuffed up behaviour-wise, now, now we move take on, a deep it. breath yep. and move on. You know, you see... You know, you it's know, like the chapter finished, next chapter. Get on I know it. this is an extreme example, but if you look at, you know, some tennis players, they'll challenge a ball and they'll think, oh, look, that's... That's definitely out. You know, I'll challenge it. It's not out. They crack it, and then they start to internalize. Mm. You look at a Federer or a Nadal, they'll miss a challenge, and then they'll think, oh, I'm going to really show it to this to, to the system and everything next. I'm going to serve yeah. an ace. So that's the thing. You've you got to take it in a different stride. You don't internalize it when you've got that sort of behavior. And I, I, no. that, that, the whole team, that completely changed the game when Tomlinson got that 50-meter penalty. So... I, Look, there's some serious concerns, but we've got to keep moving. And we might go into GWS a little bit more. We'll do, maybe do a little bit of a bonus episode around them. Yeah, because um, bonus... it is an interesting discussion because they are a team that, well, I had them pegged top four and they're not looking like that at all. So, you know, and, and yeah, it's it's a really, really interesting discussion. I, I did, well, Obviously, it, look, you look at Adelaide, Adelaide look a hell of a lot better I, think I know they just got belted, but they've got a lot more. They got a lot of injuries. Yeah, and, and then you look at GWS; they've had a truckload of injuries, and they look terrible. So yeah. I think I think and GWS Adelaide would due for a bit of a, a down, down. And they game. put the cue in the rack in that game. Yeah, one thousand percent, absolutely. So I, and we'll talk about that very no, soon. No, we'll but, get that. Yeah. yeah. No, there's worrying concerns with GWS. I don't think there's too many worrying concerns with the Crows. No, yeah, the Crows are going to be... Well, they've got be wins on the ball, that's it. amazing. That's exactly it. They've won enough. So, a couple more very quick things before we move into the Eagles. Yeah, Hawks. definitely. Uh, so, for Essendon, four wins against 2017 finalists. Yeah, how six losses to 2017 bottom 10 teams. So, Essendon are beating the good and losing to the bad. So, that... that how, how often do you look at, at the end of a season at a team and think that's why they miss finals? So that that's the big concern with Essendon. That's the big the, concern. Those they're, they're doing a Melbourne. No good. Well, which was last year. Yeah. Mm. So it, they're, they're, look, maybe they have this funky year in Essendon really perform next year. Maybe they'll learn a lot from this year. But it, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to start getting towards the point of mathematically it's going to get very difficult. But who knows? They might do a Sydney, but Sydney are, I think, are a slightly better side with a bit more depth. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure they are. And I just think if anyone's going to make a run and a good run into the finals at right here, right now, it's the Dons. They look really, really good. Six goals to one in the last term is outstanding. I mean, so last score eight 
12 to 14, 11 is fantastic mm. from 7, 9, 8, 8. I mean, that, that is outstanding. So Heppel, yeah. 12 clearances as well. I mean, yeah, they, they were fantastic on the night and they'll like their chances against the Tigers. And I think Essendon will, will really show it. I think, I think I, I'll tip Richmond, but at the same time, I think Essendon are going to throw everything out there. and belter of a dream time it's, game. Well, that, that's great for, for the AFL because they might get 80 plus thousand there now. Well, I was nice joking night. with the mate. I go, is it going to be 1 million at the G on the weekend? Well, so Saturday night is sixteen partly cloudy, so that that's not too bad in yeah. terms of, in terms of a clear but night and no rain. And we'll stuff. definitely we'll definitely have a good chat about that in the uh, massive in the, in the preview. Absolutely, next game. So we're into Sunday's games. That's aren't it. We? Sunday games: Hawthorne and Eagles. So we've only got eight games this round because of the China buy. But before we go any further, yep. just, oh, this was the day of the wedding, so I actually didn't see any of these games live. I tried to. Uh, flick my phone on. I saw. I saw the hi- definitely saw highlights, and so Trent will definitely go a little bit deeper into these games than I will. I'll just be going off what I saw, just just so you know why Trent's probably taking the, no, the no. bigger role in this this part of the, yeah, the episode. And that was like a couple of weeks ago when I didn't see as much as well. So yeah. Eagles Hawks Hawthorne sixty to West Coast Eagles seventy five. West Coast Eagles by fifteen points. Good game. Again, I don't think we... It's funny, looking at this game from the preview last week, I thought, wow, we're going to talk for years into this game. But yeah, they, it they, actually they, they, wasn't that great of a game. Not as many talking points out of it. The, the Eagles did what they had to do. We both tipped the Eagles. We both thought that they would win. Although, did you tip your No, mates? no, no. You no, went with the Eagles, no, didn't you? I went you? Eagles, yeah, yeah. Well, they, yeah. they wanted that he had stadium early in the year I said if the they, I said if it had been at the G, I would have yeah, been we both very... Said that, we? Yeah. Tempted. tempted to tip Hawthorne just because they don't generally come up and play bad football after an unexpected loss, let alone um, a loss of almost 10 goals. So, yeah, no, look, no, I'm not surprised that the Eagles got up the way they did. did. There's only a few goals, what, three or four goals? Yeah. Um, their, their, their spread, their midfield depth is... Amazing. ...is unrivaled at the moment. Is Gaff, Gaff for me, is top five players in the game right now. You can mount a really strong argument that he's top ten. This is his best. And you this can is even the best try season. To make one top five. He looks unbelievable. And, and people were telling how good he was two or three years ago when they. Um, and we were the grand we were final. always sort of like. Nah. Oh, well, I thought he was always good, good second, or, second or third B string to plus. some of them, but B. he's he is there. He's A now. Yeah. He is their um, number one. He's a genuine wing, and it, and it's it's fantastic to see. And can kick goals. Kick goals. And, and can lead. Beautiful polish. Oh. Yeah. So overall with this game, so the, the scores are actually even at halftime, 6-3, 6-3, 3-quarter three, six, three, three time, 8-6, 9-6, and then the Eagles pulled away, 11-9 to 9-6. So it actually was a pretty close game. Um, Hawks were in it for different sections of the game. I think out of this game, the more interesting parts of it were that the Eagles kind of went about it in a bit of a different way. They didn't really tag Isaac Mitchell like a lot. Isaac uh, Smith, yeah, Isaac sorry. Mitchell, but Isaac, Isaac the, Smith and that Tom Mitchell, Mitchell which yep. is the two people the they, they generally um, <laughs> tag. They out. didn't focus on the, the the two tag blokes as much as some other teams did. I don't think Mitchell. It's it's fascinating to see now um, with the Brownlow race. I don't think Mitchell has got this anywhere near as tied up as he did. Five six weeks in, we were talking about. Oh, we'll give it to him now. It's it's opened up a lot more. It's going to be oh, a fascinating race it is. because right now, I, well, last year it was like, yeah, there's really only two or three guys that are really legitimately going to win it. Whereas this year, it's like, wow, there's five or six. Gee, wow, there's a few because the, the guys that are 
on the top of the um, like voting leaderboards around papers and stuff like that. They're playing in teams that have got bad win Barely any wins. Yeah, well, so. McRae's been fantastic, but his team's not one Fife. Fife's been amazing Cripps. again. Well, Fife's going to drop because of his injury, so yeah. we're, we're both pretty confident he's got a pretty big injury there. Cripps has been amazing for um, Carlton, been and Tom Mitchell's been amazing for Hawthorne. And none of the Adelaide guys have really popped up as much. You know, no, I so. would say, it's funny, we talked about Gaff. I think he he's a big contender if he continues in, in this vein of form and West Coast continue in their vein of form. Possibly. I mean, he was fantastic the whole night. So we'll start with yeah, West Coast. Really good. But overall... Uh, good game, but yeah, look, I think... Went according to the script, basically. To script, yeah. yeah. Two, two aspects to it. So from a Hawthorne side, and we'll go with Brenda, but from a Hawthorne side, I don't think Clarko and his team have the pieces to compete with a top four side. And West Coast are clearly a top four side. They're number one on the ladder. They're, they're, I think they're the best team in the league right now. Um, you know, that, that For me, this was a clear... And it was a little bit in question... But now I think it's definitive. They just don't have the pieces to be able to compete with the top four. They might be able to sneak into the eight and defeat teams around them and below them. But I don't. If they get into the finals, I, I definitely don't see them going too deep. That mm. midfield is struggling at the moment, and there's a lot of deficiencies in their game as well. Yeah, I totally, totally, totally agree. And we're, and again. You can never write off Clarko because there could be something going. But no doubt. But, but what what's being shown at the moment, and I and again, I I still don't understand why they continue with Ruffhead in the forward line when our defense is lacking in height and flexibility, especially big body. Don't get me wrong, Frawley and we bag Frawley out. If you don't know, that's when we say Oskick. Um, he straightens our back lineup, and he's good against someone like a Darling because Darling's not that fast. Well, he didn't score. They match up, they match up really well. That's the second time he's done that. And yeah. but someone like a Kennedy, Kennedy keep three. Um, Roughhead would match up against him quite well because he's got the pace and the body size to to go with him. Now that Segler's back, and if Segler and uh, McAvoy continue to do what they do, then yeah. it'll be interesting to see how, how Clarko goes about I want to talk about West Coast more because Hawthorne pr- yeah. is a moving puzzle at the moment. And I'm, As not, I just said. Yeah, yeah we're, I, we're I not going to learn too much no. more until they start until they get Rioli and Birchall back. Yeah. And I want to talk about the Riolis. I want to say the Riolis. I mean, all of them. The Rizzers. Just before we go into the next game. So, West Coast, phenomenal. They, ha- they have relied on leading Mark goal-kicking from Darling and Kennedy up until now. Yeah. And they were able to, like Collingwood, go, not working. Next, let's just bomb it in. And, and, and so much confidence from their front and centre smalls, Lacra, Rioli, and the like, just to get the crumb and kick goals. They've got they've got so many game plans that it doesn't matter what opposition started them. They have got something to counteract and, and have got the most confidence of any team I've seen in... Oh, since the Hawthorne three-peat team. Well, they look they look very, very good. So, yeah, I think the, the, the two takeaways is that the, the Hawks right now, and this is not to say that they won't recruit and, you know, they'll, they'll probably end up getting McGovern and who, Christ knows what will happen. <laughs> probably end up happening. Or Lynch or oh, God knows, knows yeah. given, given the way they roll. Um, but that said, you know, look, right yeah. now they don't have the pieces to compete with the top four. I think they, they, they're playing chess while learning how to play. Oh, sorry, they're learning chess while playing checkers at the moment. I think that's yeah. the big problem. And yeah, look, and we've seen enough sample size 
um, with Hawthorne. They lost to Sydney. They've lost to West Coast. You know, I, yeah, I just anyway, we'll move along from that. But looking deeper into the game, but we'll talk a bit more about West Coast as well. But look. Looking they're sitting at where it, we thought they're going to be sitting most no of the doubt. year. Well, we didn't have them. We didn't have we them both too. Had them around nine. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't have them too too high up. So I mean, when you look at it, it's it's yeah. But anyway, we'll, we'll keep going. So look, Stratton, I thought on Darling was fantastic. I mean, holding him to zero was was outstanding. Um, you know that Marston goal was ridiculous, and a bit of news about Marston. He's going to be out for next week. Yeah, I heard so that. So we'll go mm. into that in the preview. Um, Gaff, as we spoke about as well, obviously clearly fantastic. Um, he had a I wrote down in my notes Gaff had a Dylan Shield type shield because remember how when JDBS were just dominating early on in the season we thought nobody get near him there's a D missing at the end of his name but no he, he, he just couldn't go anywhere near him um, the, the big thing for me is that the Eagles just have so much scoring potential even though Darling didn't hit the scoreboard they still had eight scorers like it's just absurd like this team has so much depth yeah that you know aside from the run being freed up and these midfielders stepping up post Prittis and, and Mitchell coming out of that, all these other players around them have just lifted. Like, it's just all simultaneously just worked. And they're, they're still back doing... Back line and forward line. All three lines look, look excellent. Absolutely. And they're still doing it without... I mean, Nick Nat's good, but he's not He's not the explosive dominant player he was before his knee injury, which is understandable. I mean, obviously, everyone thought he's a, he's a, a freak of nature when it comes to yeah. uh, his size and his ability to run and do all those types of stuff. But he's definitely not the super dominant ruckman that he was pre the knee injury. Which, no. when you think about it, it makes sense because knees are pretty pretty fragile area of the body, especially if you're a big body like, like that, him. Yeah, like him, yeah. so they're just like hats off to the uh, to Simo and the team that he's got around him. They have just got this team up and about, and they. They rightly flag favourites, and and what are they? One or two games clear on top of the ladder now. Yeah, no, they they look fantastic. So mm. West Coast, yeah, massive tick to them. They've come to Melbourne again and won. They've won at Eddie Had, which is good. I mean, you four, inter- four interstate trips and four wins. Yeah, it's looking likely they're going obviously going to have to play well the, the grand final. They have to play the G, but um, I, I mean, I, I think they'll win enough to be able to get a home final and and take the uh, the old way. Round, uh, but they've obviously still got to go through Chicago, as people say. Um, but I, I'd back them at the G, and especially having that ground over there now. So they're, they're waiting on the facility to be built, but the new facility they're able to train on these grounds, and one of them is the exact same dimensions as the G. So they've been practicing on it all, all year. And, so and, I, and I, then, I, they and look good. And Optus um, is obviously it's only slightly different dimensions to the G, so those um, narrow pockets don't point. They're not going to affect how they play on the G now because they not don't with play the damage anymore. that they've got. I, no, they I don't think it's going to make as much of a difference. You know, across the whole board, that they, they were fantastic. So, yeah, I think definitely the obviously stating the obvious, they're the informed team of the comp. Clearly, yeah. I mean, West Coast did what they had to do. I don't think we'll go into them too much more. Stats are fairly even. If you look through contested, uncontested, we haven't really done it as much as this episode because no. there was just so much more overall game stuff to discuss and we, we try not to get too sort of stat and heavy generally, and generally speaking you and I are massive on stats we've only brought the stats in for probably the last few weeks because they actually reflect where the games won and lost whereas well, this week as wasn't you're so getting much. a reading for teams it is interesting to see but I think there's been well there's also been some fairly even games purely mm. on stats I mean the St Kilda game um, I had it marked to go through it but we just don't have the time but um, look the one thing I do want to discuss with Hawthorne though so, are you concerned with Hawthorne's midfield is the big question. So, Amira down 
I didn't think he was anywhere near as influential as he's been in the past. Are you becoming concerned about the engine? It, it, I know Mitchell got 28 disposals, but again, it was nowhere near the, the influence that you see at time. No, the midfield's not my concern. My concern are the bookends. I, I still so they're, they're more the issue for you. Yeah, yeah okay. I, 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 we concede points and goals where we shouldn't, and there's too much of a reliance on Gunston. I don't care if there's a reliance on Gunston, but what's the point of having rough head at the for, in the forward line if he's not not and not that he's not contributing. He's actually improving week on week on week on yeah. as a captain. I just think, hang on, all of our good. Leaders have been in the back half, and I think he's very suited to playing defense. He's done it before in spits and bursts. And while we don't have Birchall there, it's a fairly young um, back line. We don't have Hodge there anymore, Gibson there anymore, Lakes and stuff. A lot of Get polish, a, yeah. A lot of really seasoned, big bodied um, players who know the, the game so well. I would be more inclined to throw. Caution to not caution to win. Just throw it out there. Get Ruffy in the back line. Open up the forward line to Gunston. We've seen what he's like one on one. He's one of the hardest forwards to to man up on. He's so fast and yeah. agile. So you need a shorter play on him. And, and he was outstanding over. against Sydney. He nearly yeah, won them that game. Absolutely. So he's really, they did that in the Sydney game. So, there were sections of it where they did it. And then if you've just got that one key focus, and we know how devastating, even without Rioli, some of the smaller Hawthorne. Uh, forwards can be I just think go to a more simplified game plan um, target Gunston one out or bomb it in especially if you've got a Segler or a McAvoy um, resting in the forward line a really really tall player um, and see what goes there now the midfield is I think there's too much um, left I don't know, it's weird. I think Mitchell dominating those first few weeks with all the possession, I think some of the other midfielders were like, oh, I can just take a bit off and and, and whatnot. I still don't understand why my mate, John O'Rourke, hasn't got a call up. (laughs) Oh, mate, Rook. I don't understand why Brendan Whitecross can't hold his spot in that team, especially with Rioli out. Yeah. He's not as explosive as Rioli, but he's got the ability to go forward and play in the midfield. And um, obviously, there's a couple of young gun, uh, young guns, young players that are having second and third year blues. Uh, Daniel Howe had a really good game in the uh, reserves, but hasn't Sexy been. Sexy wasn't to... too influential as well. First game back, Sexy was uh, look, just playing. <laughs> he was sexy rather than sexy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah exactly. It was basically. eggs. He had more eggs than sex. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I th- if he can come back, that'll be helpful. Um, but Ryan Burton, he's not the player that he was last year, which I think's tough because he would have uh, helped that back line out a lot more. Um, Sicily had an off game. Uh, look, pieces of the puzzle are still trying to be figured out, and the midfield's the least of our concerns. Yeah, okay. personally, no, I yeah. don't necessarily disagree. It's just more that, that there's been a bit of heat on that during the week. I, I, mm. I don't think they've got the power at the moment. I think they're a little bit down, but no, but, I, I know what you're saying. I think it's a bit like Geelong. They, they don't really know what pieces work well. Yeah, who, yeah, whose role is what. Um, I would like to see Shields... Um, in the midfield, it's a little more. bit of game plan on the run, yeah. I, and I would like to see. Well, if they're not going to play a rook, I'd rather see O'Meara out in the wing with Izzy on the other wing and play him in a gaff sort of style. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and he then, seems to have the run. He looks good. Yeah, and rotate him and Impy in those three spots: wing, mid, 
um, half-forward flank. Well, you can mount an argument that he was one of the best on, on ground. I mean, three goals, one, 20 disposals. He, he, he was still pretty good. I'm not saying their midfield's awful. No, I'm just saying I, that, I know where you're coming from. Yeah, um, it, it's just not as dominating. But it's yeah, as we said, you know... no Mitchell Hodge Lewis, is it? No, well, that's it. And it's, it's yeah. We, but for this game, we definitely won't go into the stats too much. I, I think they're, they're relatively even. So next game, and again, this is some definitely talking points with this game. So Melbourne versus Adelaide Crows in the Alice 106 Melbourne to 55 Crows so Melbourne by 91 points yeah so the margin is probably the most um, unusual p- part of this game I, yeah. I think it was about 50-50 people going Melbourne um, 50% going I thought Adelaide. Melbourne would win you were definitely very confident yeah, I wasn't as confident with Adelaide it was more the fact that it was being played where it was I probably thought 40 points mm. not, no, not, not 90s for a top four team that was in the top four, geez, yeah. Um, but I think, as we said, you know, I think Adelaide. We mentioned this in another game. I, I think Adelaide put the queue in the rack and thought, well, we we don't want injuries here, and um, yeah, it's a long over. season ahead, and they've got a long way to go. And you know, if Adelaide can make it to the bye uh, after the bye, they're going to get quite a few players back. So for me, that that's kind of more where it's at. Um, Seeds been out, as I said before, was a massive, massive laid out. But the, the D's just started really quickly, were very clean. Their defenders looked organised, they looked confident, and they just shut the game down, and they scored really quickly and, and really again, well. Um, had the foot on the throat and pressed. And didn't let go. And didn't let go, yeah. yeah. Which and we've spoken we just about never that seen, We haven't seen that in a Melbourne team for so, so long. Yeah. And they look... Yeah, they look definitely top four material. They've... Bit like West Coast. Top eight, definitely. I'd be shocked got, if Melbourne are to miss finals from got, here. Well, they haven't got a weakness on any line. They've got strengths everywhere. And even though they might not be as fleet of foot as West Coast, because they've got precision distributors, yeah. like hand and foot, they're all very, very good. And Brayshaw, like, we've talked about Brayshaw a number of times. He was excellent. He has brought so much class and polish into that midfield that it's freed up a number of their players to play their part, and they look much better for it. And Viney as well. Oh, with, Viney, yeah, Without course. a doubt. So final scores, uh, 23-8-8-7, but through the game, 7 1-3-1, 12-2-4-2, 18-6-5-4, 23-8-8-7. So after three-quarter time, there was the Don Pike stare down, but... Um, not quite as good as LeBron stare down uh, towards that back end of that. No, game, definitely, which definitely was not. Although, if <laughs> if, um, if Pike was um, like LeBron and was able to play, maybe there might have been a better showing by Adelaide. <laughs> maybe they teams. would have won. That was so no. funny after uh, Rosier thought he could could dunk on LeBron. But anyway, no, um, we won't get into our sad Celtic thoughts. We won't. But no, look, overall, good game. I, I you know Melbourne. I I, I I watched this game end to end. I actually quite liked it, but. Obviously, the you know, like the first game um, with the Dogs and Collingwood, clearly the first half was, you know, especially was pretty disappointing. And only four goals from, at least they got something, but only four goals from Adelaide after halftime is obviously very poor. But they, they, they know it's a long season. They've got a long way to go. It's just you know, a... Tanking's the dirty word, but I'm not saying they tanked, but they clearly put the cue in the rack. There's, there's, this is a very long season, and they yeah. just did it last year. They know this is a sprint. They know how far oh, they've got absolutely. to go. This is this is a, sorry, a marathon, not a sprint. The no, other way around. I knew what you meant. But you know what I meant. But it, this is this is not something that you know absolutely. you get too worried about. Don Pike so. was very calculated in his approach to that silence. He knew the yeah. cameras were on him. I wonder whether that was very very specific. Oh, he yeah. Look and and 
you can say you like it or you dislike it, but this is a professional sport. It's no different to businesses um, holding off um, investing in something to grow the business no, when no, the times yeah. are right, when they know that in three months' time it's going to be um, more beneficial to them. Yeah. And they had a hard game the week before Adelaide, so there probably would have been a bit of fatigue anyway. Well, I wrote that down. So, I mean, early on, I wrote it was like the third or fourth note that I wrote down mm-hmm. was that Adelaide clearly liked the dogs from that game. We're, we're fatigued, and and you know I know Melbourne travelled as well, but I think that 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 game was very very tough, and those conditions were horrific. They were basically playing underwater. It was like that ridiculous game with um, North Melbourne and the Gold Coast uh, yeah. early on, early on in the season. But that was at the early season, so you're really fresh from a preseason, which These is guys not as got, bad. Whereas this has been going for a little months, while yeah, now. What two or three months? Or two months into the season now. Yeah, and the body's starting to get a little bit tired. That's it. But look, they um yeah, I don't think they're going to be too. Are we concerned with the margin? Well, the percentage is the is the probably yeah, the more negative because part out of that it. hurts. And and there's one still won six games though. They have won enough games. We're heading into round fall. eleven and they've won six games. So, so they're almost half their wins from playing finals. So yeah, yeah they're no, there's not going to be any concern. And they got plenty of games concern. at home, and their, their run home is actually not too bad. Absolutely. So. Yeah, but we're more about um, Melbourne is. They've um, they're just building more and more and more confidence and um, like that uh, snowflake that turned into a avalanche. Um, it could be the DG. And I personally, um, being a what's out Melbourne up. Well, hey, but it's a bit harsh. But no. Um, <laughs> but imagine that. Imagine if Mark the Neil, imagine style. if the D's took the flag. Three desperate teams of oh, it's been Victoria. Talk- we did Whoa. speak about it off air a couple of weeks ago. Saints I- going to have to live for next year, then aren't they? <laughs> Although I, was, I joked about that on Twitter and said, maybe the Saints next year. And I used that gif of Kanye when he's like smiling and then he goes completely serious. Yeah. Um, no, look, I it, no, it's too you're early right. for that, but they're playing They look really good. Football. Yeah. I mean, and the, 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 the thing about it is we, we'll talk about a few things, but there's only so many things, you know, you can kind of go over the same point. But Hogan, outstanding, five goals, but then also he's running around the ground. He's incredible. That's that... You know that, that all the great forwards are, are very agile, and, and he was fantastic around mm. the ground. That adds a massive aspect to his game. Uh, Oliver was was excellent. He always is. You know, they're, they're, Lever like, was very okay. Lever against his offside. So that that's a clear thing we can talk about. He had it over them. Like you would think one Clearly, one guy yeah. against a team, the team should win. But he was. Um, I think he. I think I saw him make maybe one or two mistakes. He was pretty much outstanding the whole day. Him. So. Mm. No, he, he was really good and he was a lot better. Um, it takes time to, to gel into a team. I don't think people realise this. It, it nah. genuinely takes time. Especially a very different structured team to the team you come from. Yeah. If he had gone to, say, a Sydney, I think he would have just sat in and gelled into a Sydney team quite comfortably because it was fairly similar to the way Adelaide oh, set up. Most likely. Um, but the, the big thing, though, without going through all the names, is that and we won't bother going through the stats because obviously Melbourne have dominated all of them. Mm. The only one I would say is that they've won 18 quarters in a row, Melbourne, and the all-time score. They're actually they're actually getting close to the all-time, so oh, they're yeah. they're a big chance to get there. But um, anyway, just just yeah, to keep going through the game. They're a di- very different team to the team that uh, faced well, Hawthorne. As I said on, on <laughs> our Instagram ago. earlier, that you know Melbourne. They don't have gone to hell and back quite literally, mm. and they they look like they're they're going to really turn it around. So, They'll win that enough mean, games. Does to that get mean to you're the saying they've sold their souls to the devil? Well, they're demons. So. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, true. Well, <laughs> Bad, Bad joke. joke there. But no, look, <laughs> Both I, of us. I think Melbourne. <laughs> no, but I think that clearly they look outstanding. The, the stats in this game are obviously going to have them well, well, well above um, Adelaide. A lot of goal scorers because of obviously with this ridiculous high score, but. 
you know, Brayshaw's game, 37 disposals, three goals, is, is absurd. That's out. Yeah, yeah. That's out as well. Neil Bullen as well. I mean, Did look, it with a helmet too. The, yeah, I mean, not Almost like McCartan style. But look, yeah, the big thing for me is that not only does Melbourne dominate all the, all the categories in this game, in all the different elements of the stats, but the big thing for me is that they've got so much diversity in this team. They, they, you know, they, at times they'll switch Petrarca and, and Hogan. They just go back and forth. Like they've just got so many different ways of punishing teams. Yeah. And this is, you know, watching this team in 2011 get obliterated by Geelong down at Geelong and, and getting literally murdered. Um, I don't know whether my phone's, you know, this whole thing about Facebook listening to and your phone listening to. You know, I keep bringing up that game. YouTube actually suggested the HD like highlights of the game. I sat down and watched it and I thought, Christ. Yeah, they're tapping into you. I'd forgotten how bad Melbourne were. Like, it was... They were horrible. That game, like, well, I think Geelong kicked like 28 goals or something. I think they mm. got that was the record of something along those lines. I can't remember the stats, but it was laughable how bad they were in that game. There's a few players that are still in that team. Obviously not heaps, but... This culturally, where this team's come back from back and forth, if they're able to win the flag, I mean, again, I know a lot of people have really been talking this up, but this, just one little thing I would say, is that would lift Paul Ruse in, in the pantheon of AFL pretty oh, heavily. Absolutely. To, to go to two teams and set them up and, and get a coach in place that can win a premiership would just be, you know, unbelievable. So, um, but anyway, so look, we'll keep moving, but great, clearly massive, massive win by Melbourne. Their percentage boost is is wild. You know they're they're, they're looking very very healthy. Um, you know, and Nathan Jones heading into his two fiftieth, he's he's definitely seen both ends of the spectrum. Oh, so. yeah. But um, no, great to see. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep moving because I don't think there's probably too much more we can draw certainly out of the stats. And they're such an even team. And I think Adelaide definitely thought, oh, look, probably put this away now. I don't. I think we've got plenty of um, plenty of games to go. Yeah, absolutely. Next game, Fremantle Dockers B uh, lost. Sorry, then B. That would have been good for Fremantle. They won. Uh, Fremantle Dockers North Melbourne fifty-eight to eighty-six. Your cooked Dockers cooked. North, cooked. Yeah, it looks like that, doesn't it? North won by twenty-eight points. Not ideal for the Dockers. Especially considering you... Three likely... games this round were 28 points margin. That's weird. That's got to be a record. Maybe. I have to ask that Sir Swamp. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and the signs aren't looking much better for no. the, the Purple Brigade with um, their, clearly their best player likely out for two. So Maybe more. Well, we'll go into the preview, but it, yeah. lo- it, looks, it looks like it's going to be a little bit of a while. Um, the well, first thing I think I would say is look, Fremantle were, I know we've hung it on them a bit, but they, they were competitive early on, um, and, and they held it through sections of the game. But I don't know, I mean, it never really, I don't know, I don't know about I watched this game, but it never felt like they were going to win it. So even at three quarter time, six eight to seven thirteen, it still felt like North. We're going to win it. I mean, they they led at the three quarter time break. Free were up at at um, this the second quarter break, but just never felt like they were going to do it. Um, big issues in this game for me. I mean, Frio, they look like they might have surprised. When you've got a once in a generation type player in a net five, I mean, this it's a real shame to have him at a club that just doesn't look like they're going to be able to do it. Um, you know that that, but the other thing, and we don't normally go into umpiring, and we don't, you know, normally do the MRO and umpiring stuff because it is fairly boring, and a lot of other people cover it. 
But that that missed free kick for Joel Hamling, it was absurd. Mm. Like that completely killed the momentum, any momentum, any momentum. Yeah. And, and North ran away with that. And that was one of the worst missed free kicks I reckon I've ever seen. So yeah. I just, uh, for me, more to take out with North. Clearly, yeah. Just be just before we jump into North, no, no. probably um, they still just rely on too few too few players to get. Any type of momentum I, I North with Fremantle, yeah. and so I'm off the bandwagon. Sorry, Freo supporters. I, I thought you would have not lost another game at home, but um, clearly you're not the team. You desperately need um, some goal scoring abilities. Um, if you're relying on, well, Walters. we keep saying if they can get a Hogan or somebody yeah. like that over there, it would be uh, huge. I heard someone. I think it might have been Matthew Lloyd. Actually. McGovern would McGovern. be the one to go after. Like, yeah. He gets to stay in his own in the state. I mean, that's still a gamble. He's it's not proven forward, but look, I've heard of worse things to do. So, yeah, look, disappointing. Um, I think that's finals done now for Freo. It's going to become a lot me, tougher. That's my my opinion. I don't think they um, are a chance to play finals anymore. They were all, always going to be a long shot up, up before that game anyway. I thought the home ground advantage, if they continue to win at home, would keep them thereabouts. But, but I don't think they will. Not now, after that loss. I think it's just they're too far back, too far back now, and they're not going to win enough games out of home. But to, to keep going with what you said, I mean, it's the Mundys, it's Fife, it's Walters, it's it's yeah. all the people... Same that, old, same old. It's the same old people that we've always talked about. So I, I don't know. I, yeah. I think, to me, that, you know, Ballantyne, I don't see how he keeps getting this games. This is his last season, surely. Surely. Um, yeah, there's a few that, you know, Sandy wasn't as influential as he has been in the past. And oh, he shouldn't I, have to be. They he's, need to do a full rebuild of this team. But we've been saying four thousand years old. Yeah. But we've been saying for ages that Freya need to do a full rebuild, and I, I think that's pretty obvious now. But if they, well, well I don't think they've got time for a full rebuild given five stage. But they they need to do a quicker rebuild, like a Hawthorne. Yeah, they've got to style. find something to just fill in the the gaps. If they can do that, that would be really good. But yeah, probably not too much to take out of this game for Fremantle. We, we never really thought they were. a too much about the mark. I know you know you were a bit on the bandwagon. I, I, I yeah. I was a little bit, but I, I still was confident North would win this game, which kind of contradicts um, us a little bit. But I, yeah, look, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about North. I thought North were fantastic. I mean, clearly that brown weight combo is excellent. Unbelievable. It works again. Really five good. goals between the two. Wood was really good. Thought Turner was excellent. One goal, two twenty-three. I thought he was fantastic. Jacobs again outstanding. One goal, twenty-nine. I mean, you know, he just looks great. Goldstein in his 200th, um, you know, 42 uh, hit-outs. He was outstanding. So, look, there were some really, really impressive signs from North. I think North are a genuine chance at getting in just into the eight. I've gone through their um, run, and we'll talk about them in the preview, and I don't reckon they will, but they're, look... They're yeah, I haven't looked at their chance, run. Chance. I, haven't, I haven't had a look at their run, but... I've I got mentioned, them at 13 I mentioned well. it last week, and now I'm just going to go on form... For the rest of the year, and I think they are a massive, massive chance to not only pl- make the top eight, but really push top four. And that's without looking at their um, road ahead. But I'll have a look at that, and I'm sure you will as well. Yeah, and we'll I do it. And we'll do an episode during the. Well, buys. who knows? North have got the great thing for North is that they've actually got a, a bulk of games that Eddie had. So if they can hold those, then they are a big chance to sneak further up the eight. But for and me, confidence look, is such a big thing in football. I, I don't disagree, and their confidence at the moment is quite good. There's some really nice synergy, and, and they look like a really good team. And they've still got Dora and a couple of others to come back in. So we'll go a bit more into the preview. But you know, Hartung was good as well. He looks like he's really found a place over yep, there, which is great has. to see. Um, 
Yeah, look, there, there's some really... Jacobs again. Was... Simkin is, again, we keep talking about Jed Anderson and, you know, no one talks about him, but he was fantastic as well. I, I was really impressed on, on the night. I, I thought he was really, really good. Um, and their back line just gets the job done. It just keeps... Well, they're, they're, so they're the only team to score... Um, so they're the only team to have conceded less than 700 points. So that they look fantastic. They look amazing. So, yeah, not... Probably too much more for this game. I mean, Cunnington again just keeps on keeping on. You know, they're a really good side, and I think North are probably the top end of that middle run, which puts them. So in where a, they are right chance. now, this is so they're currently sitting fifth. Um, so you would say that's, that's I think they're their, their glass ceiling. That's their ceiling. I, okay. I, I, I personally don't see them going into the top four. I think there's too much competition. I mean, when you look at that top four as it is now, Richmond, West Coast. Uh, well, Sydney and Melbourne. That's it's hard to s- suggest that any of those four are coming out. No, I agree absolutely. I, I think I think Adelaide will make the eight. They might make it in low, and I actually had them at eight at the start of the year, and that looks like it might actually happen. Um, my biggest mistake was GWS in the eight, but well, Jesus, everybody had them in. Um, although Sydney, I had just out of the eight. I said they would be the ones that dropped. I didn't think West Coast, but then also I didn't. Yeah, necessarily factor in them as well. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's too many people right now would look at their preseason predictions and for the top eight and, and, and yeah. be 100. percent No, no way. No, no one would be, no especially way. with West Coast and Collingwood in there. Well, 2020, so well not 2020, 2019. I I think West Coast would definitely make the eight, but I thought it would take yeah, a year to get ready. Yeah, I thought so too, just because of that transition of those two big mids. Took them one off yeah. season. Yeah, that's it. But but they, um, um, no, look, the stats in this game. I mean. It was relatively close. Disposal efficiency seventy to sixty-one. So North a little bit lower, but it, it they with with you know the chances they got, they capitalised on it. You know North lost uncontested. They won contested though. Marks inside fifty, and this is something that that's that's massively improved with North nine to six. So that's something I wanted to highlight. Winning that marks inside fifty last year when they were really struggling, and in the last mm. couple of years post that Boomer Del Santo type year, they were really struggling to have those targets. But they've really turned—I can't believe it—but they've really turned yeah. weight into. No, a, they've into been a the biggest surprise. Excellent to me. player, and and I think you know them and West Coast. Yeah, I, I think Brown clearly. You know, you always hear all the time he's the most underrated player or four in the game, and probably not. I mean, tackles inside fifty, twenty-three to eighteen. Great to see that pressure. Inside 50s, they won as well, 60 to 46. So, look, I, we both don't think now, especially, that, that Fremantle are too much chop. But this and is still an excellent win to go over there and win this. And, and North Melbourne are the chop. That's it. And they, they, they look they look like the real deal. So Absolutely, they do. We're going to keep moving. So, thanks for listening so much, guys. That is Hope the, you enjoyed it. It's yeah. um, 10 rounds in now, so not... It's almost on the second half of the season. We're starting to get yeah, there. Right. So that was eight games. Uh, obviously, one less game with uh, the Gold Coast and Port having the bye for the Jaina uh, Cup. The rehab. The rehab. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Enjoy the week. Episodes will drop pretty quickly this week because we were a day late. So listen, listen. Listen, enjoy. listen, listen. And uh, enjoy the week ahead. And we'll see you at the next episode, which is the, uh, the preview. round 11 preview. See ya. Cheers.